0: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network.
1: Yo, 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 what up? This is Rocky Asuka Romero of Chaos, and you are listening to Keeping It Strong Style, the Ace of Podcasts.
0: and let them have it because this is just an intro keeping the strong style six stars from the get-go boy yeah from tampa bay to the tokyo dome this is keeping it strong style with your host jeremy donovan and the young boy joshua smith and thank you for listening happy new year welcome to keeping It strong style the ace of podcasts on the social suplex podcast network Jeremy Diamond here with the young boy, Josh Smith. On today's show, we'll be reviewing both nights of Wrestle Kingdom 15, answering your questions and covering all this news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network or to Keeping It Strong Style on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts over at socialsuplex.com. Check out our Pro store, Pro Wrestling slash Social Suplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong Style t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation by visiting SocialSuplex.com slash donate. and clicking on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong Style logo. This week's episode is brought to you by the NJPW EXT, the only browser extension for NJPWWorld.com with features like dark mode, improved translations and layouts, custom and shared playlists, synchronized viewing parties, and much, much more. It takes NJPW World to The next level Visit njpwext.us Today for details Young boy Wrestle Kingdom review We just got done Watching night 2 of Wrestle Kingdom
2: Is it a Tuesday morning? It absolutely is Am I working? No I'm not (laughs) Did I take off 2 days of work To watch a dopey wrestling show? You bet your ass I did And it was awesome And yeah I'm on vacation, so I'm drinking screwdrivers, not no, one, but still, this is awesome, man. This this show is great, man. Uh, there's so much to talk about. How are you feeling?
0: Dude, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling energized. Two back-to-back nights, two great Wrestle Kingdoms, several uh, already, already have a handful of match of the year contenders for 2021. You know, Josh, they told us that New Japan was washed, <laughs> that it was cooked, that it was finito, finished, done. <laughs> But they came out here and they put on two great back-to-back nights at Russell Kingdom.
2: Yeah, yeah, they certainly did. And, uh, you know, it's it's we are living in tumultuous times. Obviously, there is a global pandemic that is still, um, you know, raging across the globe uh, here more so than probably anywhere else, especially here in Florida. But, um, you know, they're taking it very seriously in Japan. We didn't even know if we were going to be getting... An audience field Wrestle Kingdom or not Because a, a couple days prior to You know the first night of Wrestle Kingdom They were talking about you know uh, Asking for Tokyo and for Japan To go into a state of emergency Emergency lockdowns which And it looks like that might still happen As early as maybe say Thursday So right. it, it leaves um, The future of like New Beginning And uh, what's the other tour they're doing Sword of Castles yeah, or,
0: The Castle Attack Tour Castle
2: Attack Tour a lot of that is really in question and we saw that uh evidenced by the the words that were used in the uh final promo of the evening uh don't want to give it away just yet but yeah they were talking about uncertainty setting up future matches but um this this um even with all that aside they told us they were going to give us Wrestle Kingdom it felt like Wrestle Kingdom it looked like Wrestle Kingdom I know we didn't have 40,000 jam-packed but uh Man, if they didn't do their damnedest, they gave us the stage, they gave us the lights, they gave us the the fireworks, they gave us the great work. The crowd was awesome. Um, yeah, man. I mean, this this was an authentic obviously we we didn't have fans that could be vocal, but they made up for it with enthusiasm. They made up for it with their attentiveness and and the strikes. And man, it was awesome to be able to when some of those strike exchanges when they'd, you know, throw the, the forum and then just ah and you hear it echo like through the whole thing.
0: That shit was so great Yeah that was one of the benefits of You know a, a wider crowd was Yeah hearing you know the grunts and the Screams you know echo throughout the building The the, the strike exchanges echo throughout The building Uh, that that was like a Great little addition there uh,
2: I'd like everyone to know right now I'm sitting Here at the table with uh One Jeremy L Donovan And he is in fact wearing The golden elite change The world shirt the and this I believe that this was to celebrate you know, the possible, you know, double crown coronation of Kota Ibushi. But this man didn't even get paid off this shirt.
0: Look, man, gold, gold, <laughs> Golden Elite, they have all the belts. Kenny is the AEW champ, AAA champ. Young Bucks are the AEW tag champs. And now Kota Ibushi is the double IWGP champion. The Golden Elite changing the world just like they said they were going to do.
2: Yo, funny shit. So like I saw someone uh in a one of those pro groups put out a, a post uh like a few weeks ago and they're like Bullet Club is running the world and like they listed all the like different titles and and accolades that like not just members of the current Bullet Club but like all historical members. <laughs> and I was like, "Bro, like there's like 40 guys." Like, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like Chances are, odds are
0: <laughs> that majority of them are gonna be doing well somewhere.
2: Yeah, I was like, this is a this is a shit post. L- keep it current. And that's what I'm gonna say to you. Keep it current. <laughs> there, there's an elite and then there's a golden star. There is no golden elite. That shit's done. Don't you Finito. find it? Don't you,
0: don't you find it kind of funny that uh, you know, Kenny and Coda get separated and they both go into tag teams, they both win tag team titles. Yeah, that that
2: was uh, suspicious. And they were
0: both upset with their partners for not holding the load, and they break up. And uh, now Kenny is a double champion. Now Ibushi's a double champion.
2: Yo, and uh, I I know you're just playing devil's advocate, but this is something that really happened. On one of those um, NJPW, like, now broadcasts, Mm -hmm. they had uh, Kota Ibushi on there, and he said, I am something of a belt collector myself.
0: Yeah, so... Hmm.
2: These mm. guys, these guys, have been
0: working us the whole time. They're setting up a big angle. I,
2: I think, I think they're keeping it in their back pocket for some at some point. But uh, don't be, a, don't be a mark, man. You're getting, <laughs> you're getting worked.
0: <laughs> but uh, anyway, back to this Wrestle Kingdom here. So just some attendance numbers. So on night one, uh, I a report attendance of 12,689 Night two, I have a report attendance here of seven thousand eight hundred one. Um, it did look a little
2: lighter the second night.
0: Yeah, so clearly not the 20,000 each night they were hoping for due to, um, you know, the, the COVID cases spiking and them having to stop selling tickets. We had no walk-up crowds, but despite having a lighter crowd, they everybody was seated in the position where it looked like the majority of like, the bottom floor was, like, all filled up. They kept the lights, you know, down in the back section. So it was really kind of hard to tell that the dome wasn't completely full.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, I, and, you know, that's a trick that they learned years ago when they were doing... 10 and 12, you know, during the dark ages and kind of beyond that. Um, I did notice night one, they had some people pretty high up, but I don't know if they ended up moving them down throughout the night. You know, I wasn't paying attention, but it looked like a, a larger crowd the first night. And you know, it makes sense, uh, when you think about it because on paper, yeah, night two looked good, but I mean, night one looked better, had more star power. Um, as pointed out by Chris Samson, you brought up during the uh, while we were watching the show, I mean, um, this first, you know, Tokyo Dome show in a long, long time with no Okada, no Tanahashi, no Naito. Those are the three big, you know, heavy hitters. So um, it's not that they didn't sell. I mean, again, with everything getting shut down, it was kind of hard to see where they would have ended up. But it makes sense logically that they would have a smaller number for the initial ticket sales when they didn't have their big hitters on the second night.
0: There there was literally so many question marks across night two. Uh, I feel like it would have been a big... Walk-up. It would
2: have been a huge walk-up.
0: Yeah. Huge.
2: I mean, I, I, I was stoked after night one. And I I went into this Tokyo Dome um, not that excited. Like, excited, yeah, but not really. But after night one, I w- I felt energized. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Any other things you want to talk about before we get into reviewing both these shows?
2: I I have a good feeling that this year... Um, a lot of the uh, complaints that people had about New Japan, I think a lot of that's going away. Are, are we going to talk about news later? Because there were some news, news notes. You want to get that out of the way, or you want to talk about that later? I didn't know how you want to handle it because we're kind of shooting off right here. We
0: have we have no rundown. We're literally re- uh, reviewing this after watching Wrestle Kingdom, so sorry, no no questions this week, guys. But we'll, uh,
2: we'll make it up next week.
0: Yeah, so sa- save your questions for next week when we review New Year's Dash. Uh, I think we can kind of cover news as we, because some of the new stuff happens throughout the show. So as it comes up, we can bring it up and anything else we missed, we can uh, talk about afterwards.
2: Yeah, agreed.
0: So uh, let's start with night one. We had the pre-show. We had the return of the New Japan Rambo slash Rambo slash Rumble, whatever you want to call it. When people say
2: the N or the M, I can't tell the difference, literally. So I just, I'm like, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we had 21 men, um, even though yeah, they at, said 22. Well, the, the rumor is that Kojima was supposed to be 22, but with him replacing juice, there was nobody to take Kojima's spot, so
2: there was literally nobody that could have taken a spot.
0: I mean, I'm sure they could have.
2: I'm just wondering. Well, it seems probably like, wasn't. They well, it seems that Robbie
0: Eagle wasn't there. Uh, yeah, and everybody else had matches set for night two, so it wouldn't have made sense. I guess they got everybody on that was there. I mean, you, I guess you could have thrown maybe a random young lion who's in training. <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, they wouldn't do
2: that. Yeah. I mean, they could have thrown like Ghetto or Jotto, I guess.
0: True. Yeah, those guys. Um, it's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, 21-man Ram, twenty-one man Rambo here. I don't think we need to go over every single person who was in it all well, the eliminations. Well, when, it, when it
2: first started, <laughs> we start with these two guys, and then I'm going to give you guys the play-by-play on this shit. Well, no, we,
0: but... Um, we started with Chase in uh, Ishii.
2: Yeah, and that that was a big story. It felt like... Um, I mean, let's be clear here. It's the Rambo. Like uh, For those of you that don't know, I, I always talk about how much I love this match because it is pretty much bullshit. Like It's not a good match at all, um, but it's just a, it's comedy, and it's kind of nostalgia usually, and it's sort of like kitsch, and I, I just enjoy it. I think it's really fun. Um, but they did have somewhat of a story, and it was kind of that like Ishii... Started off and it felt like he was gonna be the Iron Man And then you had Chase who like was sort of like The chicken shit guy Who everyone's trying to get out but he just somehow like Survives the whole time and they just both Went super deep into this thing But um, I felt really nervous when it started Because a lot of the guys that I thought should Like you know do well Goto, Suzuki, Hanare Ishii, like they all came in Super early and at first it was like a Strong style yeah, it was, rumble It was
0: like a never battle royal for, yeah. the, for the first half
2: Yeah, and so, I mean, at that point, um, you know, knowing that how they booked these things, you know, it just felt like, oh, none of these guys are going to make it into this thing. Which, on the one hand, I'm fine with, because KOPW is a joke title. But on the other hand, like SAMHSA said last week, you know, they have the opportunity to, like, flip the script and change it. And it's very clear that they had no intention of doing that. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we end up uh, towards the end here. We still had Chase in there. You had... Three young lions, Suji, Kid, Yumora, you had Fale, you had Bushi. And so those were like the final until the, the last entrance was uh, Torianu. But on the way to the ring, you know, the young lions get eliminated. Bushi kind of, you know, was staying on the outside, kind of refusing to go in. Yeah. Um, the young lions get eliminated. And so it was Chase, Fale, and Bushi. And then Yano gets to the ring and it's it's it since it's the final four
2: the, the real suspect thing is they've got the provision so apparently here's here's how KOPW works now they've got the true and we already knew this like at the end of the year if you're the final champion you become the KOPW champion But we always thought that that trophy that he was carrying around was the true trophy It's not that's the provisional trophy. It's smaller than the year-end true KOPW trophy that they give you so now like Janos sporting the 2020 or it was what? Yeah. The yeah, 2020, 2020. Uh, I always do this at the end of the year. Like I always get my year. <laughs> I always like freak out. Cause I don't know what we are wearing. Uh, yeah. He's got the 2020 full KOPW championship trophy, but now they've got the new provisional trophy. And if this, if you're like scratching your head, like, it, it's fucked up. It doesn't make any sense.
0: And the provisional trophy already has Yano's jacket on it. Yeah, it's
2: got his jacket and his banner on it, which is like a dead giveaway. It's like, all right. <laughs> but yeah, the, it was funny. Yano didn't have to get in the match, take a bump, do anything, sell nothing. Like he literally just stood on the outside and, you know, by merit of being the last guy when the four people were there, he, he got in, which is something that um we've heard Dave Meltzer say that they've thrown around as a potential finish for the Royal Rumble. For years, but it never happens And I'm like, God, they should never do that It's it, terrible That's an awful idea <laughs> But anyway, so that that was the kickoff it, it was fun, it was whatever I was really pissed when Ishii got thrown out But uh, I was glad that, you know I predicted Fale and Yano accurately
0: yeah, so as, as well as I uh, Yeah, it made the most sense there um, But yeah, so we end up with uh, Fale, Yano, Bushi and chase Owens as the final four they move on to night two to compete for the first uh, 2021 provisional KOPW championship
2: yeah and the funny thing is like The person who's most geeked out over this is Chris Charlton like he he loves like you know It's kind of his job to explain but he like explains it with such enthusiasm like he's really into KOPW Um even if he's not behind closed doors on on screen he acts like he is he's like the way it works Everybody this is how it goes and like he's so into it and i'm like bro this shit like yeah i get it It's his job but like he's like really like if if you didn't know this is how it works and i'm like bro Nobody cares like you're going too ham for this shit like
0: (laughs) Yeah man but overall i mean rambo it it was fine um i mean battle royals they're kind of like pizza Even if they're bad they're they're good uh, nothing exceptional here. Uh, also, the whole story there was the, the gag to get Yano in as the fourth guy.
2: I I think the the New Japan Rambo is like 7-Eleven pizza when you're really drunk. And there's nothing else open. You know, it's like you'll take it because that's all that's there. And, it, and, like, you're drunk, so it tastes pretty good. But, right. like, you know, on an average day, you're not going to, like, pop on the Rambo. Like, oh, man, I got nothing going on. What should I watch? Yes. Oh, the Rambo.
0: (laughs) This will not be uh, something you you re-watch when you're determining your match of the year for 2021.
2: You're not going to go out of your way to, like, pick up a a slice from 7-Eleven. You're not going to go out of your way to watch the Rambo, you know? Right.
0: (laughs) So then we move on to the actual card here. We got a great tribute to uh, Brody Lee with Rocky Romero saying it's January 4th and you know what that means. Uh, so that was a great little tribute to Burley there. And we kick off the main card with the Super J Cup 2020 winner, El Phantasmo, taking on the Best of Super Junior 27 winner, Hiromu Takahashi.
2: Yeah, ELP comes out. Really cool. Ta- both these guys had, like, awesome ring gear, which, like, you know, you would think on a big show like this we'd spend a lot of time talking about everybody's ring gear. But uh, not everybody, like, went all out. But both these guys did. And um, ELP had a tribute to Edge, uh, both Canadians and... Kind of makes sense, you know, Edge was one of, like, the swarmiest, like, heels that there ever was in WWE, like, especially for his era, and, like, I'm sure ELP, like, draws inspiration from him. Um, Yeah, so he definitely, like, was wearing the Edge attire, and then, uh, bro, we just bust up laughing when Hiromu came out.
0: I don't even know what to describe (laughs) (laughs) what Hiromu was wearing.
2: I don't, I don't know, it was, like, I don't know, like, a furry parka, like. It was, like, a huge, like, Eskimo uh, I wouldn't call it furry. It was like, um, it was made out of like, like a uh, stuffed animal material, like all sewn together, and it was this. I don't know. It's just crazy. You, you, you got to see for yourself. Like, there's no like words don't do it justice. But yeah. Um. But this match was really, really, really good. Um, you know, they definitely did a lot of high flying, a lot of death defying stuff. They started off hot and heavy, but ultimately, this was a your classic body limb um, storytelling sort of work, where ELP picked a target and just went went to the well with that over and over and over again, and try to handicap Hiromu, which worked. It worked very very well. It was an awesome story here.
0: Yeah, attacking uh, Hiromu's arm. Um, clearly, there had to be something. It seemed like um, ELP's boot was loaded. Uh, the way that Hiromu was reacting and selling.
2: That's interesting because they didn't mention it hardly at all on the commentary. But the way he was reacting told me that he was definitely, like, you pointed it out. And I was like, uh, yeah. And he kept, like, pounding his foot on the ground the same way the Iron Sheik used to when he had the loaded boot. And I was like, he's clearly got something in the boot.
0: And his whole gimmick has been, I've been super kicking trees in Canada <laughs> to get ready for, you know, Super J-Cup and, and Wrestle Kingdom.
2: You remember when, Um, you remember the, uh, <laughs> I don't remember which match it was, but they had that match with uh, the freaking, um. What are they called? The four horsemen over in uh, NXT, but they're not. Oh, the um,
0: the undisputed era.
2: Yeah, undisputed era, and like Adam Cole was like prepping for his match, and they had like the boxing. <laughs> they had him super kicking like
0: the pads, like pads and <laughs> yeah. shit. It's so funny. Well, that's what ELP was doing to the trees in uh, Canada, getting ready for this match up here. And I think in the Super Jacob, he did win a match or two whoop the super kick. So maybe this whole time his boots been loaded, and we didn't even realize it. Um,
2: Long form storytelling
0: Yeah but Like you mentioned This match started off hot um, ELP You know He threw down Hiromu's trophy He was looking for Liger uh, To put a jacket on him Hiromu hits a shotgun drop kick He does the The senton bomb Off the top there And then we're, we're hot and heavy Not too shortly after that ELP does a rope, a rope walk um, Moonsault to the outside To Hiromu And then from there They just go at it
2: Yeah The um That Rope walk, he did a few different rope op- walk uh, rope walk spots, but the one where he was unassisted and he did the acai moonsault off of it, super impressive. You know, I know a lot of people listening know that I'm not a big fan of ELP and they probably think it's because I'm getting worked. And the reality is it's not really that he's a heel and it's not that he isn't a good high flyer. It, it's more like I think he's bad at some of the basics of wrestling. But what I've noticed lately is in a lot of his matches, He's not doing that stuff. You know, he's kind of focusing more on just the two areas where he excels, which really is the athleticism, the high flying and the death defying stuff. And then just the shit heel stuff. And the, the, the reality is maybe I haven't given enough credit. He's the, one of the best guys at it. And he literally does not give a fuck about, I mean, you think like MJF doesn't give a fuck. I think like, LP he's up there, yeah. He's he's more so. He really, really doesn't give a fuck. Like, I think there are certain things that he wouldn't. He would cross borders that I don't think MJF like totally would. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we
0: saw we already saw him last year Super J Cup with his little promo on an uh, osprey. Uh, there were some things he said there that kind of crossed the line That he had, to, he had to apologize
2: Yeah and I feel like he was doing stuff To like people in the crowd in the past That was Right all, remember he
0: would like grab the hats and like throw People's hats across yeah, the so arena He doesn't
2: give a fuck um, But the, the story here There were a few times where I thought Hiromu's Selling of the hand like uh, Drifted into like parody like Overselling a little bit but for the most Part I mean god they Bro it's crazy to watch the stuff Hiromu's willing to do on a bad you know surgically repaired neck um Mm -hmm. it's scary but he's so these guys are both really good
0: yeah elp gave him the the sunset bomb to the outside yeah towards a ramp
2: um and it's been a while i think since we've really seen anyone really 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 take one you know mm -hmm. oftentimes like they will hold on to the rope or counter it like he doesn't always get it and when he does it's pretty like slow and safe but like He fucking powerbombed the shit out of Hiromu. (laughs) Yeah, he did. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I thought that this this match really reminded me in a certain sense of just like, um, I don't know how to describe it. Like, I don't want to say exactly like this, but it gave me a similar feeling to like when you'd watch WrestleMania and you'd see like Bret Hart and Roddy Piper. Like, it's not the best match on the show, but it's such a good, you know, it wasn't an opener, but it's like such a, a really really oh, good and Technically
0: it was the opener of the main card
2: Well no that one was I mean like Roddy, oh, Roddy gotcha. But like they were both undercard matches That like kind of set the tone for the night You know and you're like wow that was really good And that it just kind of gave me that sort of feeling Like they they didn't have all the time in the world But they gave them a good amount of time And they went out there and they like tore the tore the roof down
0: It reminded me of the, the traditional openers We used to see like the junior tag Like the four ways, mm-hmm. Like with the Bucks and Roppongi Vice And all those guys it's like those guys are great. They're given like 10 to 15 minutes and they go out there and they kill it. It's not going to be the match. of the night just due the time restriction, but it's a great, you know, fun way to get the show opened.
2: This felt more like the style of junior wrestling that I like to see out of new Japan than just about everything in the, uh, the super juniors or the J cup this year. Um, don't get me wrong. Don't put words in my mouth. I'm not saying it's better than like the top tier stuff, that was in the super juniors. It, it wasn't, but at the same time, very few of those matches felt like what I like to see out of the juniors. When I think of like classic, you know, new Japan style juniors, I think of like the, the death defying high flying mixed in with the grimy hard hitting, you know, steel nose sort of stuff. And like they, they, they did a lot of that in the super juniors, which was great. But like these guys are on a different level when it comes to the athletics and, and you know, the risk taking and, and, I, I loved it. Um, I went four stars in this match. I thought it was really, really, really good.
0: Yeah, I also went four stars uh, throughout the match. Like we've seen, ELP do kind of go back to Bullet Club leadership. He hit a Styles Clash. He hit a V trigger. He tried to hit a One Wing Angel, but a uh, Hiromu counter out of that did a uh, corner Death Valley Driver. Which uh, ultim- I don't think he's ever hit one. No, he has. He he, he always t- he, he always hits the V trigger. Yeah, on the ropes, but he never gets the One Wing Angel. Um, and then uh, Hiromu ends up rolling up. Uh, ELP here to get the win By uh, Hurricane Rana
2: Yeah and that was smart because He was really having trouble With the arm he was having trouble Lifting him up for e- either One of the two time bombs and that Became that was really problematic like it, it prevented him from potentially winning the match On numerous occasions so You know he basically had To catch uh, ELP slipping to, to win the match But like ELP was definitely The aggressor definitely the guy that was in control. Um I mean it, it's still a testament to haroma because he had to overcome like the dick punches and the cheating and you know every tactic that right. ELP yeah. threw at him but uh ELP was the guy on top for the majority. It, this was definitely a from underneath win.
0: Yeah, it was good good little shine there for for ELP on this night. You remind
2: me of like I mean that that that's the move that we saw you know Ray beat guys with for years. It kind of reminded me of that like yeah. how he would be like getting beat down by, like, a, a Demolinko or Eddie and then just roll him up with a Karana and, and get the quick win, which was cool.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, great opener there. So Hiromu advances on to face Taiji Ishimori in the semi-main event of Night 2 for the junior title. So after that, we had the heavyweight tag team champions on the line, the World Tag League winners, Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga Tangaloa, taking on the dangerous techers, Zach Sabre Jr., and Taiji, the current tag team champions.
2: Now, I watched the... um The the entire press conference, because I was trying to get hyped up for this. Like I said, I wasn't that excited. So I was trying really hard to get excited for Wrestle Kingdom. So I was consuming like every review, everything, you know, that they're putting out there. And the strangest of all the press conferences was when they did G.O.D. and Dangerous T because god came out and stood on the the platform and <laughs> they wouldn't let like let the techers get on the stage at all and it was just like this real i mean it, it reminded me of something you'd see like in school when someone's like getting bullied and it's like you know you're at a boiling point are they gonna fight are they not you know yeah and um all, all the three english speaking guys were just mouthing off and talking shit and like tai chi wasn't saying anything at all and then after some time when they finally like G.O.D. never let them get on the stage to take a seat or anything. And so when Dangerous Techers decided to just walk away, you know, and, it, and like, you know, G.O.D.'s jawjacking jacking, t- talking about like they made them look like little bitches. Um, <laughs> freaking Taiji just turns around and he looks at me and he goes, I'm going to. Kill you <laughs> and that's All he said and then they just walked away And like he was seething like he was so Pissed and like they didn't bring it up On the commentary but I felt like that was Part of the big story of the match was like he was Marginalized based on his Hatred and anger because He was trying to kill G.O.D. the whole match right
0: yeah literally The whole beginning of the match he was just choking These guys um Tonga And like all he was doing he would choke he would tag Zach in he'd come back in and Then just keep choking them
2: This match, it's so funny because we know how good Dangerous Techers are. It's kind of funny that there's certain, like, wrestling personalities and, you know, people like pundits and stuff that... Don't like them. Don't really like them, and I don't get it uh, because, to me, they're... You know, we're going on three years now that they've been the best tag team in New Japan, Um, but, yeah, a lot of people don't like them, but we know how great they are, but, like, GOD, they're so hit and miss. Like, they have... We know that they're very, very, very good. Like, when they want to be, they can turn it on. They just don't always choose to, you know? And its I don't think it's because they suck or anything. Um, I think it's just because they, like, sometimes they don't turn it on. Yeah. But on this night, they turned it on. And th- these two teams, like, I watched them during the tag league, and I wasn't that impressed. And I was kind of excited for the match, but... Ultimately, I w- it, it ended up kind of just being a throwaway match for me, and this one really delivered.
0: Yeah, I love this match. A little bit different formula here. Normally, like in the tag they got the heat on Zach, and normally we'll see when Techers are playing the Bay Face, they normally get the heat on Zach, but here they got the heat on Taichi. On Because he was in there so long, and he just wanted to kill those guys, and so that, that built up for the hot tag for Zach to come in.
2: The other interesting point was... Um, you know, we thought it was going to be a, a story where G.O.D. played the heel, and, you know, at that point, like, uh, Dangerous Techers were going to be, like, the quasi-face characters, even though they're both heel teams, but that was not what ended up happening. Like, the both the, of both the teams came in fired up, both of them used, you know, questionable tactics, you know, heel tendencies, neither of them were playing to the crowd, neither of them were sympathetic, like, it was, even though they got heat on Taichi, it was still, a, it was clearly a heel versus heel match, which it's funny because when we were predicting, you know, the world tag league. And I said that I knew that this was going to be the match. A lot of people were questioning. They're like, you know, are they going to go with a heel versus heel, you know, match in the dome? And I was like, yeah, it's, it's the IWGP heavyweight tag team titles. Like <laughs> it's not that important. Right. Um, and that's exactly what they did. But I, d- I didn't think they would play it this way based on what we saw in the tag league with how often dangerous techers became faces. And they didn't do that on this night at all.
0: Yeah, but yeah, a lot of great stuff here In this match, I really enjoy this match, I mean this match Was was so good, and Kaiju hadn't
2: even Ripped the pants off yet <laughs> Bro, Zach was so good uh, The the cohesive Tag team work All throughout the match between G.O.D Was really good, um, even though they had Like heaters there, and oh yeah, yes, uh, yeah uh, Doki, Doki came out, and uh, Yeah, they had heaters for both teams, like they didn't Get too involved, but they did play a role In the match, which was good, but um I just, I thought it was a really, really, really good tag team match. I'm going four stars on the thing.
0: Yeah, I'm going four stars also. I love the uh, Tower of Doom spot that uh, Dangerous Techers did. Um, I believe it was to, I think it was to Tama, I think. Uh, But yeah, it's overall, it's a really good back and forth matchup here. Oh,
2: I know what you're talking about. Yeah. um, Basically, Tai Chi was on the top rope trying to go for a superplex. And then, like, he called for uh, Tai. Uh, Taichi and he was like, "It's the dome, mate. It's the dome." Yeah. And then he he made Taichi give him the power bomb to give him more force to get you know the tower doom spot. It was mm-hmm. awesome.
0: Yeah. and Then we had a uh, Taichi coming in, hitting up a bunch of axe boombas to uh, God.
2: Babyface Taichi fired <laughs> up.
0: <laughs> they they had tried for the the Black Zack Driver and the uh, the the Zack Mephisto. They couldn't get either of those. Uh, then it came down towards the end here where the ref was distracted due to Jado and Tamatonga used the iron fingers from hell to hit Taichi, which he he was staring down the iron fingers at the very beginning of the match uh, when Taichi was taking off his gear.
2: And they had hit um, Zach with something just a little bit to eliminate him. I don't know if it was a magic killer or what it was, but they, they hit him with something major to get him out of there also.
0: Yeah, I think they... They hit him with a, uh, I think they hit him with the magic killer.
2: Yeah. And then what? After that was uh, the Iron Fist and then the Ape shit. And then that was, the, then they went home.
0: Yep. And then, uh, so G.O.D. is now the record-breaking seven-time IWGP Tag Team Champions. They've broken the curse of the World Tag League. They've broken the curse of winning the the belts at the Dome. Um, so, G.O.D. going into 2020, very, 2021, very strong.
2: Yeah. I mean, they still got some... Uh, You know, days held. Uh, (laughs) uh, I think there's three major records. Um, One would be days held for a single reign, days held, you know, cumulatively, cumulatively. Um, and then the last one would be title defenses in a single reign, which I don't think they've even come close to touching any of those three. I I think all three of those are held by uh, Tenzan, either with Tenkoji or then also with him and um, Nakanishi. No, uh, Shono, ten, uh, 10, ch- Ten, I think is what they were called. Yeah. So, I mean, those, those are the three big records, but yeah. Um, awesome, awesome match. And you know, some people didn't, I, I, I gotta admit, it did make feel, make me like feel little flat that there was like, you know, kind of a bullshit finish, but at the same time it played into the story, um, you know, with, you know, Issa's iron glove and all that. And then it's also, it's the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team titles. On the on the undercard, like, it, it was fine, you know? Right.
0: I mean, I thought the, the bell the bell action minus the finish was great. These, it was so good. It was it was so smooth. Like, the, the double-team maneuvers, the back and forth. Like you mentioned, G.O.D. was on. Dangerous tickers were on. Like, it was just everything about the match. I just really enjoyed it. I'm with you. I
2: like this match better than anything in the Tag League, personally. So, yeah,
0: this was, this was really good stuff here. Um, yeah, I'm four stars on this. Um, yeah, I really loved it. Agreed So then uh, coming after that we had a promo Video from the current IWGP US heavyweight champion John Moxley He vows to give the contract holder their title Shot and it looks to be filmed In the New Japan Strong Studios
2: Not looks to 100% for sure It was was.
0: so Looks like maybe uh, Tony Khan's gonna let Mox show up on Strong
2: I mean yeah So I mean I mean there there is the part of me that's like you know strong kind of sucks. <laughs> so if they do it on strong that would be a big boost to that brand. Um but if I'm Tony Khan I'm all, I wouldn't be that worried. Like you know we saw what happened when when um Kenny Omega showed up on Impact recently not to like venture into that but you know it gave them a boost but it's not a long lasting boost or anything like that. Right. Um and this isn't even on TV. It's just on you know, new Japan world. So I'm what, I mean, would it would boost in a certain sense because they would definitely probably benefit by getting a lot of people to either subscribe or resubscribe. But I don't know how long lasting that really would be. You know what I mean? Right. I'm also wondering if it's even been taped. I know that there is a lot of stuff in the can.
0: I was going to ask you that with, with Mox being there, like, do you think he just went to that studio just to film a promo or do you think, Hey, like, Let's film this match. That's what I'm
2: wondering. They they might have already taped it. It might be a done deal. It's in the can, um, or it might be like down the line. It's hard to say.
0: Right. So, but either way, we we finally get a, a mock's appearance and mock saying he's he's gonna gun for the winner of the next matchup, which was the right to write the challenge for the U.S. title between my man, the leader of the Bread Club, Satoshi Kojima, taking on Kenta.
2: Yeah, um, very exciting. Like we mentioned in the past, first-time matchup between these two, you know, generational stars in the Purezu world. So um, I was very excited for this. It's kind of a throwback, and it's probably the the last time we're ever going to see Satoshi Kojima on such a prominent level, especially when it comes to the Tokyo Dome.
0: Right, and I know a lot of fans have been clamoring for, you know, Kojima to get his last, you know, G1 Run look like, like many guys get um, But for whatever reason you know, the last few years just haven't been they haven't put him in the g1 So this is kind of a great kind of last big, you know singles fa- uh, Farewell moment for him here because like you said that like, he's n- he's probably never Gonna get a shot like this uh, ever again And so this was great to you know highlight Kojima here give him you know one big last singles match In the dome here against kenta and this was a really good um, back and forth match here very hard-hitting you know kenta Getting a lot of heat on Kojima uh, throughout the match here. Uh, mocking Kojima at points. Mock- mocking his uh, Ichauzo um chant that he does into the corner. Uh, I'm
2: glad you can say it because I, <laughs> I can't say that. I don't know what he says. Um, um, it, this match, I thought it was very good for what it needed to be. It didn't like exceed my expectations, but it didn't under-deliver either. It was kind of exactly what I expected, which was a very hard-fought, very good match. Um, you know, I think there's definitely limitations probably for both of these guys at this stage of after all the wear and tear, but they went out there and they really had a great match. Um, So, I mean, there was awesome stuff like the freaking uh, top rope suplex that uh, he gave to Kojima was awesome. Kojima, like just, you know, hitting lariats, you know, countering shit. Like they, they went out there and they had like, a very and they even mentioned it on, on um the broadcast like very Kings Road esque you know it was a lot of like defense a lot of hard hitting stuff Yeah,
0: and they were hitting all the signature spots Kojima the det on the that apron. On the apron was awesome um Kenta hitting the Psycho knees uh like they were pulling all the hits out the playbook uh, Kojima hit a Koji cutter at one point for a near fall um towards the end here Kenta grabs a briefcase and Kojima um lariats the briefcase I loved that <laughs> which was a uh, a great visual there. Uh, But then eventually uh, kojima would end up falling here to kenta with the go to sleep
2: Yeah, I didn't think they um overstayed their welcome. I think they got just the perfect amount of time They hit their marks I I you know at no point did I ever really really think that kojima was gonna win here But it was just so great to kind of see him have this You know awesome, you know Tokyo do match with a guy like kenta and kind of be like a I don't want to say a final farewell, but it feels Remit you know similar to that,
0: right? Uh, I went three and a half on this match. I, I'm three and a half as well Thought it was a very good match up here.
2: I agree. I, I really enjoyed it
0: Then we got a another promo video here this time to see Naito. He's um, Having dinner in a restaurant here Assuming he's getting a wine and dine by a uh, Japanese media God, uh,
2: I think he's at the famous family diner That he's always
0: at Yeah that he uh, dine, uh dine and dash
2: but The funny thing too Is they had a huge stack of plates Which like no human being like Eats that many plates But it's such like a Like a anime sort of thing
0: Yeah Um So we had that And it was a Ended up being a trailer For a, a mobile game Calling out Coming out called Strong Spirits uh, That's what I'm drinking <laughs> Right now Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that, that's going to be coming soon. I believe they have a Twitter account that you can find for, for updates on that game. And then also we kind of rolled into the cleaning disinfection, which led to a commercial break, which announced that uh, New Japan would be coming to TV in the United States and the UK soon. Um, so
2: that, that is so incredible. Uh, and we've been talking about that the last few weeks on the show. Um, you know with rich crates with amy and different people and yeah
0: Yeah, and that's yeah something we said that they needed um, there was actually rumors before the tokyo dome from the wrestling observer newsletter that a tv deal was Was pretty much about to be announced soon and then we saw the commercial here announcing um, You know they flashed the the strong logo not 100% sure if it's going to be strong They also showed um, stuff from madison square garden. They showed uh, jay and okada. Yeah, so maybe it's gonna be a combination of a, you know, you get one like here's one great match and then here's like a strong match.
2: That'd be a mistake. Yeah. So oh, and I misspoke. I said Amy Karen. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, that would be a big mistake. Um, I mean, unless like they are in a certain sense handicapped because strong, you know, they're in a sound stage. It's in California. California literally is one of the most restrictive. Um, you know, areas of the country to like do shows. In fact, I don't even know if they're going to be able to keep doing them going forward once the stuff in the can, you know, is run out. But, um, I mean, I've said it before. If I were to, if I didn't watch wrestling or if I was just a casual fan and I watched New Japan Strong, I would not get into this product. In fact, I'd probably just stop watching altogether. Uh, I, I think it's like, you know, The sixth or seventh worst version of the same show that many, many other people in the country are putting on right now, you know, amongst your MLWs, your Ring of Honors, your Impacts, people like that. So uh, I just don't see why they would do that. I think ultimately they need to put the actual product on television so that people who don't have subscriptions. Can get invested into the real Product you know not not this Bizarro Dragon Ball GT version Of New Japan Pro Wrestling
0: Right and that's what we saw What success initially Within the Western Expansion was People watching access TV Seeing Okada Tanahashi Seeing all these great matchups you know Bushi and Nakamura seeing all these Big matches you you get hooked on that stuff You know Ishii Makabe all
2: those hard hitting Matches you get hooked on that and you want To see more it, they're really it, it, there's a conundrum there, though. It's like um, we don't know what the TV deal is going to be like, so we don't know what they're making. You know, mm-hmm. on the one hand. Is their goal to get people to watch that and then push them to the app? You know, I'm wondering how much money there really is in that. Or could they get a television deal, which we know for most companies these days a television deal with the right sort of ad revenue is much more lucrative than their streaming services. And you know, the big players have bigger, much bigger streaming service platforms than new Japan does. And most of the emphasis isn't really even so much on pay-per-view or the streaming. It's more on the television ad revenue. So it kind of, it depends on what the goal of new Japan is here. You know, are you trying to build a television network audience or are you trying to Push people to attend live shows, buy pay-per-views. You know what is your end goal here? Because you do run a risk of cannibalizing your audience if, if you're like, you can watch. You know, if, if they are just showing what what's happening in Japan on television, that's the one drawback. If mm-hmm. you know, um, so it kind of depends what the the end goal is, I guess.
0: Yeah. So more details will be coming out soon on that TV deal, and we'll be better to we'll be able to better analyze.
2: But in the UK too. Yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah,
0: so we, we know that the UK market loves New Japan as well the partnership there with Fred pro and some of the great shows They've done there. So
2: That would be cool if they could like do shows in the UK Maybe with the rep pro guys too.
0: yeah, yeah, so Things are looking up in the uh, the TV department here So we return from commercial break. We have the great Okan versus Hiroshi Tanahashi Um, Ocon here back in what are people are calling the the big match gear with the pants
2: Yeah, and you know, we kind of we had kind of questioned whether that might be the case You know whether like the trunks were sort of just like his everyday gear And to me they look a lot better Mm -hmm. Um, I i'm not a big fan of the the pants like to me. They look low rent They don't look like a, a star's attire at all. I thought the way he was dressing during world tag league Looked like you know star kind of material. But uh yeah, I guess that's the route they're going.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I like the the trunks better than the pants, but um focusing on the match here though. The I love I love the opening of this match up here. A lot of uh you know, technical wrestling, amateur wrestling, um MMA style, you know, Okan trying to get, you know, Tanahashi into his guard, looking for ankle picks, um you know, that knee is a target that he was trying to go after. A lot of great just fluid wrestling here in the beginning
2: Yeah, I um I really 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 enjoyed the way that they open up the match like you mentioned a lot of you know I think the last time we saw a match in new japan that had this much like Technical grappling in the very beginning was probably like, uh, jeff cobb against suzuki Uh, I know that I know suzuki and Ibushi had a bit of it, but this felt more reminiscent in the beginning to Cobb and Suzuki, you know, very like shooty style. And, uh, it was really cool just to sort of see that. And then, um, at a certain point, Tanahashi sat down in a headlock and he's like, no more of that. We're, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna do professional wrestling, yeah. you know? Um, and man, I thought this match was awesome. Now I, I will say there is a tangent of wrestling fans and media that are out there that, um, they're overcorrecting, you know? because there was sort of this dismissal of Ocon and sort of this, uh, and we've addressed that on the show, but there's another sector that like is overcorrecting and talking about how like, not that he will be the next big thing, like we're saying, mm-hmm. but he already is there, you know, he is the guy. And like this match was like, I saw some people saying that this was like the match of the night and stuff like that. Or, you know, up to that point in the show. And like, I thought the match was really good. I thought it was really entertaining but I didn't think it was like anything close to that. Uh, Remember last week I said, this is not going to be a five-star classic. Right. And it's not, it wasn't intended to be, it wasn't positioned to, it's not positioned to be, it's platformed to get Ocon over. And I mean, I, I, I heard like, again, I hate to bring him up, but I think he needs to be addressed. I heard Dave Meltzer review this yesterday and he was talking about how, You know oh well this is all thanks to Tanahashi it's like yeah Tanahashi Definitely did a favor for Okan putting him over Big selling for him and all that but Like Okan was the star of the match You know he was awesome in this match
0: Yeah they did a lot to build Okan Up going into this match and then when he came In the match I thought he delivered you I love the the Screaming Mongolian chops same He he did a bunch of cool suplexes In this match
2: he really Is doing a lot of like what I like to call Pancake moves where he's dropping guys Flat on their face And I mean yeah. that That's like a big part Of his offense Which like At first when I When I first started Seeing him do that I wasn't sure how to Feel about it But now I'm like He goes to the well With it so many times That eventually It's like holy shit He's like really Dropping these guys a lot Yeah he's doing
0: Reverse, <laughs> reverse exploders Reverse suplexes Um just tossing dudes around He was tossing Tanahashi around this match of all these suplexes
2: I mean I- I'll tell you personally Like I don't really like to take front face bumps I prefer to take the back <laughs> bump So yeah. I mean I-, I don't know if I'd like to wrestle <laughs> <laughs> Um
0: There was a great counter of the sling blade Where Tanahashi runs in Okan catches him, spins him around And just drops him face first Another pancake uh, bump
2: Yeah I-, I thought it was really good here I think this probably for a lot of people the, the two things that it showed to me, Ocon had a lot of great facials, a lot of good selling, a lot of great character work. Anyone who was like, this guy's a black hole charisma can go suck it because this guy definitely was anything other but that, you know? So I think that that one could be laid to rest. Um, now, dude, watching this, I wasn't like, Ocon is ready for the big time. Let's belt him up. You know, I wasn't mm. like that at all. But, I mean, he definitely... Showed the world he's not a stiff. He can grapple. He, like we we've always known that, you know. What right. I mean? And um, it just showed that he is of the caliber of talent that we always thought we always proclaimed him to be. And uh, it felt so cool to see a guy that we've ridden for for like three Since or four day one, years. Yeah. Finally, like like bro, we were watching. And you're like, bro, he's here. He's in the dome. Our boy. He's our here. boy. And I was like, yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> It was dope. Um, And to see him, you know, wrestle the ace, the guy that he used to, he he used to be Suji, the guy in the corner slamming, you know, and just like living and breathing for Tanahashi. And here he is dropping this motherfucker on his face. I loved it.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Suji, yeah, he was out here at ringside slamming on the mat just like that and checking on Tanahashi throughout the match.
2: There's going to be a story there down the road, bro. Yep. There's going to be a story there. Yeah, it was awesome.
0: Yeah, uh, towards the end of the matchup here we had uh, Okan looking to hit the eliminator on a chair. Tanahashi counters out of it, um hits a twist and shout. Uh he grabs a chair, you because know, that was a whole build up towards the end of the road. Of yes. Tokyo Dome. He he went crazy on Ocon on the last night with a chair.
2: Well, even the first the first night of the tag league, he'd attacked Tanahashi with the chair and then he did it again like at the final. So um you know the chair was it, This was essentially Sasha versus Bailey <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah chair was a big uh, part here But Tanahashi he tossed it aside He hit a dragon suplex for near fall And then he hits uh, two high fly flows One to the back and one to the front First time that he Hit the high fly flow I think in, Since the Yoshihashi match I believe in, in the G1 is that correct? I don't, I don't something, know Something man. like that but yeah and first, first win in a while too uh, So
2: yeah Tanahashi Look, the ace good. rides again yeah and he didn't look I mean bro the shape he came in oh my god Dude, um amazing shape hair looked great his his Instagram he's been going hard with like just showing the shirtless pictures that man gotten like bro inspires me like I'm like I'm I'm gonna get <laughs> in some serious shape like I want to look like tanahashi
0: yeah get <laughs> gear was raw another uh common rider um inspired yeah gear
2: yeah so I yeah. loved it and uh you know I, I'm I, this It's funny too, because remember when Jay White wrestled Tanahashi, I would say arguably it was maybe as good, maybe even a better match than this one. But people had these expectations back then because Tanahashi wasn't so far removed from his like highest profile status at the time. You know, like he had just had, like he was the IC champion. So he was still in the middle of a pretty prominent like run and people were upset but like the dirty secret was like that match i don't think it was really positioned to be a five star classic either based on where it was on the card but that match got a lot of backlash this match um i don't know i haven't heard, i don't think if it is getting backlash i don't think it deserves it but it's funny cuz i i've got a feeling that this one will be more well received than that one was back then yeah. and, and i think it's cuz people are kind of making peace with the idea that like Tanahashi is not in his prime anymore, and he's not positioned to be the guy that beat, you know, Kenny Omega in the Dome a couple years ago.
0: Right. I I haven't really seen backlash, but I have seen. I've seen the lo- ratings. Lo- low. Yeah, lower ratings. Um,
2: like too low. Like I think three and a half is pretty okay. That's like a seven on Grapple. I I saw it like in the fives.
0: Yeah, I went a three point seven five for my
2: rating. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You went three point seven five, and you know what? So did Rich, uh, Rich Latta, and I was like three and a half. But I, I was like kind of in between. You know, I could, I could probably be prompted to go a little higher. I mean, I'm fine with that. Yeah,
0: but I think anything below three and a half is too low. That's too
2: low. And there's people acting like it's like a. I mean, two, five is like two and a half. That's yeah. like shit. Yeah. No. I don't get. It. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah.
0: That's <laughs> yeah. That's way too low. This match is very. Yeah, check good. yourselves. <laughs> Well, let's move on. So next up, we had Will Osprey, or should I say William, William. Osprey, the, the Commonwealth kingpin, taking on the Rainmaker Kazuchika Okada. Um, kind of big fight feel here, big entrances. Um, Osprey with new gear, VTR. Yeah, we had a VTR
2: uh, setting up that showed you know how we got here. The uh, I didn't know this, but and I and I'm not even sure how, so I couldn't describe it to you. But the his Outfit the interior remember. It was very elaborate inside. Hmm. Apparently it was like a a Tribute to like five or six different fallen wrestlers within like the past couple years Hmm. I know Ryan smile was among them amongst other people. So like that was what that was about. I think he was incorporating Stuff that identified with them probably with their ring gears and things like that and so uh, that's what the interior of his of his design. Someone pointed it out on um, Reddit, but I didn't like read all the. <laughs> <laughs> there were there, some of the names I was familiar with. Some of them I wasn't so familiar with. So,
0: yeah, and also, uh, so for Osprey on his uh, new entrance video, it was uh, him watching like a TV. Like yeah. old, old school TVs and he like ends up smashing the TVs or whatever
2: They may keep that but it seems like it also could be one of those just big Wrestle Kingdom style entrances that, yeah. that gets used the one time um, But yeah But yeah uh, him he looked great B Priestley looked great I mean they look like he looked like a superstar total package when he came out
0: Yeah his robe was very like Rainmaker-esque
2: that's another thing I noticed was like it was very much like the Rainmaker. Yeah, I mean he's had a la- he's had elaborate robes in the past, but it kind of you know harkened back to some of the earlier robes that uh, Okada used to wear.
0: Right, and Okada new gear as well. Yeah, um, I thought it looked looks great. Uh, his trunks are they're back to like the the more of like biker style uh, shorts that he would normally wear.
2: Yeah, that's true. Although, these ones were even a little bit longer than the ones he used. I don't know. He's changing it up. But uh, it looked like he had a bunch of different flags on his robe and maybe on his trunks, like, just the world. So, I don't know if that was, like, a COVID thing. I'm not sure.
0: Or maybe he's just saying he's the greatest wrestler in the world.
2: Yeah, fuck (laughs) (laughs) y'all. He really is, bro. He's, what, 28? No, he's 32. He's the same age as me. And, like... I mean he's already like broken so many (laughs) So many like records Like he's I think when it's all sudden done He is gonna go down As probably the greatest wrestler of all time Regardless of what people think about him
0: Yeah But uh this matchup here was just absolutely Incredible Um, A a lot of great uh, Back and forth here This was your classic Okada matchup here (laughs) starting off uh you know slow with a tie up and kind of you know building up into to the final moments here.
2: Yeah, and we're also seeing um we're seeing like the evolution of what Will Osprey is going to be when it comes to the heavyweight division. You know, we we've talked in the past about how he sort of abandoned some of the high flying and moved more to an aggressive move set, but I think he's even moving further away from not just being a bruiser, but being like a main event style worker in new Japan. Mm -hmm. And there might be some people listening, thinking like, well, he's wrestled main events. Yes, he has. He's worked in the main event with a junior style. You know what I mean? But now he's starting to learn and really, you know, and the best way I could probably describe it is look at the matches he's had with Okada in the past. It's always been Okada working Okada style and him, Flying around. flying around him and being the junior guy Now he's wrestling on, on it This is much closer in style to Tanahashi Okada Than it is to what they were doing previously
0: Right, definitely he's been incorporating I, I call him the, the Chris Hero the, Those rolling elbows yeah. um, to the face, to the back of the neck um, Those look great And those sounded great echoing throughout the, the Tokyo Dome um Okada busting out a lot of his big moves here. Uh did a Tope kahilo. Tope
2: was awesome. From the beginning.
0: That was dope. Uh, Rise of
2: the Terminator.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he busted out Heavy Rain, which he doesn't really use that much.
2: He hasn't done it in a while, yeah. Uh
0: but yeah, a lot of great uh back and forth uh stuff here. With there, these guys. there was
2: one moment. Um I was <laughs> so we we pointed it out when we were watching it. Okada does this incredible stalling, uh, John Woo dropkick out of the top rope, mm-hmm. off the top rope, um, to Osprey who's in the center of the ring. And then later I was watching, I was listening to observer and they were like doing their episode while they're watching, you know, the- and, and like, mm-hmm. um, Dave Meltzer's like, man, Okada just hit the most beautiful dropkick off the top rope. And I knew exactly what he, <laughs> I was like, I know the moment, but there was a lot of other great stuff, too. The the brawling on the outside, the table spot with yeah, Will. Yeah,
0: the falcon arrow uh, caught through a table.
2: Huh. And, like, the, the the it was definitely a strong style table. Like, the bars, one bar bent, but the other one didn't. And so when he went through, he didn't break the table. He literally created, a ca- like, a crater in the table. Yeah. Like, his body went through the wood, but it didn't break the bars. And, like, his back was, like, bloodied. Oh, it was very, very – I mean – I can't remember that vicious of a table spot in new Japan since like probably the Jericho Naito match.
0: Oh yeah. Those were, yeah, that was a great
2: spot. So that really stood out to me. Um, a lot of the counter wrestling, um, there was a moment, there were so many times where like, uh, Osprey went for stuff that he knew to do and he kept getting countered with the, the famous drop kicks that Okada's known for. Um, Okada kept trying to go for things that he's used to doing and Osprey, Knows him so well and I love that that story Element that these guys are just so familiar with One another and They also have a great story on the Commentary about how you know Okada's been turned on in the past By many people but it's always been People that like he has looked Up to or you know Wasn't that close to but in this Sense it was a little different because he was the mentor To the mentee right So it wasn't like he was the young up, Upstart up and comer you know you know wet behind the Behind the ear sort of guy like He was the leader who got turned on by The guy underneath him which really Hasn't I guess you could say Jay White But Jay White it's not the same thing at all
0: Right and so yeah that that Played into it with that moment there with Okada Like he, he almost looked like a murder Abushi. Uh, that he had like that angry face And he was just like kicking the crap out of Osprey on the ground um, another interesting Story element here so after the table spot You know Osprey probably could have gotten A, a count out win there uh, but instead, he chose to bring us, to bring Okada back in the ring. He wanted to, to beat Okada uh, square in the middle. Um, so, it's kind of this looming story. Yes, even though he beat Okada in the G1, he really didn't beat Okada because he needed help. And so, I think here he was trying to prove that, you know, I could beat Okada by myself square in the middle, like, the the right way.
2: Yeah, yeah, he definitely... It, it also, I mean, that harkens back to the feud with... Um, Okada and Naito remember like Naito was able to unseat him for the title using The help of LIJ, but when he went to defend the title against him square and and we've seen that with AJ Styles against uh, Okada as well, you know, so It's very difficult to be the man who can beat this guy Square one-on-one, especially when it comes to the dome and you're facing the ace, you know,
0: right Um, we also had a lot of money clip um
2: Ooh, throughout this match <laughs> that so that's the one derision like that's the one problem I had all throughout the match was like There was a natural flow and, and the match would just be going 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 and then they would work in the money clip and like bro, like I don't think that I don't think that he put it on. Well uh, Not to say he didn't execute the move correctly What I mean is he didn't put it on in a in a way that flowed with the match. It just halted the momentum entirely and you know, you kind of compare, say, what Will was doing in the money clip to, like, say, what Shingo did when he was in the money clip. Totally different styles of selling it. And, I mean, I'm not even really blaming Will. I'm sure. Like, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if, like, Okada knows that it's not over and he, he like, is trolling everybody or he's just trying to get it over. Or maybe because there's only clap crowds. He just thinks that, you know, because the crowds can't vocalize that it's working and they just can't show it, you know? Right, yeah. But for me, it is the one thing that really brought this match down. And it brought it down in a heavy way. Um, I still think the match was out of this world incredible. But, I mean, dude, like, every time. And, it like, it's the kind of thing that a heel should be doing. If you're going to really halt and ground someone like that and slow it down, maybe you should just be a heel. I don't know. Like, I think that it's terrible psychology, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that definitely kind of killed the momentum pretty much any time it was on there, but they worked through it. Uh, still a great match. Uh, Towards the end here, we had Osprey uh, doing a tombstone on Okada, doing the Rainmaker pose, and then hitting Okada for Rainmaker for a a great near fall there. I think uh, people really kind of bit on that near fall there. Then Okada, he escapes the Stormbreaker. He hits a Michinoku driver, uh, and then he hits the Rainmaker, and you could just tell like, the crowd just wanted to just, you know, scream and yell so much once Okada finally, you know, pretty much almost a year of not doing a Rainmaker finally hits the Rainmaker here, gets the, the big win here over Will Ospreay.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's the first time we've seen him use the Rainmaker since probably February against Taichi. Yeah,
0: so overall, it was an incredible match. I went four points on five.
2: On it I'm four and a half but it's like four and a half to four point seven five ish it was it was really tough uh, this year for me rating some of this stuff to be honest with you Um, but the match was incredible and you know I I think I'm in the minority uh, with having the issues with the money clips because I think for a lot of people this was their match of the night Uh, at least that's what the rating you know sites look like yeah it was not for me though.
0: So I, I believe your match tonight, what we're going to talk about next, the the main event here for the Intercontinental and Heavyweight Championships, the Golden Star Kota Ibushi Challenging.
2: One thing, before we move on, I just wanted to point this out. Very, I was very shocked that Okada picked up the win here. Not because Okada can't win in the Dome. Obviously, he can, and, he's a, and it, it does make sense. But there is that one thing that we talked about last week with Chris Samsa that— this group kind of needed their leader to sort of pull a big, you know, big win out to sort of um, legitimize them, and you sort of saw Okan eat the big fall to Tanahashi, and then uh, Osprey eats the big fall to you know to Okada. Um, were you surprised by this at all? Because I was a little bit. So, because I initially
0: was going with Okada winning and then you and Chris talked me into, you know, Osprey really need to get this win here. My whole thinking was like, man, like, Okada had such, you know, a down year last year, um, and then just getting beaten down by the Empire. Like, that last, you know, that Corken Hall where he's, you know, him and Tanahashi are laid out by the Empire. I was like, man, they got a lot of heat on Okada and Tanahashi. I feel like both these guys, you know, need to get some comeuppance and, Went big in the dome, and I think it just played into the story that they're telling. It's like Osprey can't beat Okada without help, um, and so obviously there was no Okan um, due to you know him being out with his match from Tanahashi. Sure, B Priestley was out there, and she did um, interfere a little bit, but her interference wasn't enough to give. Uh, you know, Osprey the edge like like a interference would have. And so once again, just kind of showing like Osprey's just not on Okada's level just yet. And there's still more for him to go before he can finally beat Okada clean um in a big matchup.
2: I I think that's a great take. And but I just want to throw that throw that out there because I know a lot of people listening are probably wondering about that.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, so now the main event, Kota abushi challenging Katsuya Naito for the double titles. Big main event here, ton of history between these guys going back several years. They've had several singles matches. Uh, I mean, most infamous for, you know, 2019 where they had, they had that rivalry where they just seemed to be dropping each other on their heads and their necks.
2: Well, I remember even in 2017 when they both sort of came back during the G1, um... You know, remember Abushi had been gone on that sort of learning excursion and right, sort of the, doing the, his own yeah, thing. Cruise
0: away classic and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, and then Naito had been out with an injury, and they both came back at the G1 and faced each other on Night One, and that was the night when Naito. I don't remember. I think Naito gave Abushi the piledriver off the second rope, and people were freaking. I mean, that match was crazy violent. Yeah, and it was like not even as violent as some of the stuff we saw in twenty, what nineteen?
0: Yeah, twenty nineteen. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I mean, um. These guys have been doing this to each other for years
0: Yeah, and that that was pretty much the whole story of this match or It played into this match where I think both these guys knew That their matches have this aura of danger And of them dropping on their heads and their necks And so that was an element in this match They worked in several spots that were done safely If you slow it down and watch it back A lot of the, the head drop moves were done very safely in this match. So there was a lot of that that kind of played in here.
2: There was a couple things that were high risk. I mean, a lot of a lot of us high risk, but these guys are definitely on a on another level when it comes to in-ring work. Um even with the injuries, I mean, when he needs to turn on Naito is a world-class, you know, performer. I mean, I I could only wish to <laughs> wrestle goes Naito. But um uh, there was the one big really scary spot was Abushi hitting the uh hurricane Rana off the apron yeah to Naito onto the floor but I mean even that was done as safely quote unquote as you could possibly hope for a dangerous spot like that now how banged up Naito is after hitting a, you know and it wasn't even concrete it was really the uh the wood uh that's one of the things that they don't talk okay so hitting a wood foundation probably sucks for sure. It's gotta be better than hitting the actual concrete. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? I think that's one of the things that, like, one of the like quote unquote little secrets is like in the Tokyo Dome, you kind of get away with some of those bigger drops that you probably wouldn't risk as much on the concrete.
0: You know? Right. And Nigel like did hit the guardrail too, as well on the it way did. down. Yeah, so that's th- bad. Yeah. So, but yeah, that that's it, but
2: violent. it could it could have obviously been. Way Way worse, worse.
0: yeah, Uh, yeah. That was an awesome spot, and yeah, Naito was working Ibushi's neck throughout the match from the very beginning. Hit the um, that neck breaker on the ramp um, to Ibushi, and then just throughout the match, you know, the cravat, the back, the back elbows that he's been doing. It's a lot of uh, emphasis on the neck of Ibushi.
2: Well, another interesting thing here, Kevin Kelly was on Observer and different outlets, and he really, when talking about this match, was something he really emphasizes. He talked about how. Uh, both these guys, but even more so Naito, didn't get credit during his G1 for working a safer style and focusing on the necks of his opponents, which, you know, you wonder, well, why is he attacking the neck? Well, duh, it's because his is the Destino, which he drops guys on the, on the back of their heads and their neck, you know? Um, and that was the story of the match here. And like you said, even though they did some dangerous stuff, this was probably relatively the safest match I think I've ever seen either of these guys have it was a lot of I don't want to call it smoke and mirrors but a lot of bait and switch they would tease Horrible Really dangerous things and then not give it to you but give you something that was like You kind of got relieved that they didn't do the really <laughs> big dangerous thing and and like it was more, it was Gratifying that instead of doing, you know XYZ they did ABC instead, you know,
0: right even like the the poison rana the night did to abushi um you know. I mean
2: Abushi, he's on his forearms. You know his head never touched. Great. I mean it was great.
0: Yeah. So that, that.
2: And I think he even, actually, I think on that one they might have, if I remember correctly, might have over rotated a little bit. He took it on his uh, belly. Yeah. Which I'm fine with. You yeah. know.
0: Still, still looked great. Um, Naito um, busted out the the Pluma blanca submission hold. That um, he hasn't he hasn't done that in a while to uh, trap Bushi there.
2: I don't even remember what what that's where he wraps the the legs around the back of the head. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong But I felt like He was doing it a lot This year
0: Well man No That's like the crucifix thing It was another Submission that he did Gotcha that Okay he was, That he had like Wrapped around Okay The neck um, Yeah he busted out The Gloria For, for Near Falls With a lot of great um Suplexes and A lot of great he, Germans
2: And he kept teasing The Valencia all night And then like He, he thought maybe He wasn't gonna get it, And then he finally did Like this match was oh, Bro this match was Awesome
0: Yeah this is An incredible matchup here uh, the closing stretch was awesome. Just like he, he hits the kamigoye, the first kamigoye, and you're like, oh, he he's got it. You know, nobody you know really kicks out kamigoye like that, and Naito kicks out.
2: Well, we I thought for sure someone he would kick out because we saw we've seen a few people at this point kick out. You know, it's not like uh, I mean, I mean, I remember Lance Archer kicked out of it once. You know what yeah. I mean?
0: And so yeah, so we had the first Kamigoye kicked out, and then um, Ibushi kicks out of a Destino, um, and then eventually he hits um, a Kamigoye again.
2: And I thought the match was over, and I was like, oh, thank God, you know, because I like Naito, but I'm I, I mean, like we we've been predicting this whole time both nights were going to go to Ibushi, and then so I was like, oh, he landed it, it's over, this is it, one, two. Kick Frickin out
0: Naito kicks Out dude I was like bro
2: oh. I like I, I stood up and I had to walk Across the room <laughs> and I was like no fuck Because that also got me worried I was like Oh shit like, like Naito's winning Naito's <laughs> winning <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, And so Naito looks For Destino one more time Abushi blocks it hits a V trigger And then he, he has A knee pad down he hits that third Kamagoye. one Two three Kota Bushi has finally did it. He's finally the IWGP heavyweight champion, uh, a championship that has been eluding him his whole career, the one big goal he needed to accomplish in New Japan. He's already IC champ. He was a never champ, junior champ, junior tag champ, uh, G1 winner, best of super junior. Uh, like, he, he just had all these accomplishments that he already achieved. Oh, that
2: puts him in the rare club of people that have won – the IWGP junior title and the heavyweight title. Right. So, like, only, a f- like, a couple people have ever done that.
0: Yeah, and so, he got the heavyweight tag title, the junior tag Titles, like, he's literally... He's held everything.
2: Done everything. Is he the first guy to hold the real, like, every belt that's available in the company? I'm pretty... Well, I think the one title... He hasn't held the U.S. US.
0: belt. And he, he's not been the KOPW champion. That doesn't...
2: <laughs> that's not <laughs> anything. <laughs> um, You know, and... <sighs> I, one reason I really loved this final um, stanza was because something you used to see a lot in New Japan and especially, you'd see it in all Japan and Noah too, where like uh, someone gets hit with a big move, right? And then they come back, they hit their big move. Now, now they're one on one. And then the first guy hits his again. So you think they're going to go back to like, to trade them off, you know, a la a WrestleMania style match. But in a lot of pro matches, you think the guy who kicked out is going to go on a roll and come back, and then they don't come back. They get cut off, hit again, and get put to sleep. And I love that style of match. It reminds me, uh, that same thing ha- used to happen a lot to Goto. I remember him and Muto had a match where like he kicked out of like one of Muto's Shining Wizards, and you thought he was going to come back, and then another Shining Wizard, and he goes to sleep that's exactly what we saw here. And I was like, you know, and it was awesome too, because it took three fucking V trigger or uh, not V triggers, uh,
0: Kamigoyes. Kamigoyes
2: to put Naito away. So like it, it still put Naito over as like a badass motherfucker, but like, bro, this dude, Abushi, he find And, and bro, it was so special because like, we've been talking about it. This guy's not from the dojo, you know, right. it was seven years ago. When he, fought, when he had that match, that classic match against Shinsuke Nakamura, 2015, you know? Um, or maybe it was 2014, I don't remember. No, it's definitely 2015. It was the January of 2015, so like six, seven years ago. This guy's been striving for this for so many years. And I mean, a completely unconventional path to get here, totally different than the other guys who were domestic stars. Who were Japanese? Who didn't come from the dojo system? Completely different than Tenru. Completely different than Takayama. Like wholly unique to this guy Kodobushi. Like he didn't even have formal training when he started wrestling.
0: <laughs> you know, he's right. he's a
2: backyarder basically. Right. It's crazy Yeah
0: and that's part of The promo packages of him Wrestling on the beach And how he loved wrestling As a kid on the beach And stuff like that And so They're
2: showing him on the beach Because that's like The closest thing to like You know Japanese like Respectable fighting spirit That they can show They don't want to show him like You know Putting his head in a toilet bowl Or running over people Shoving
0: fireworks Shoving fireworks
2: (laughs) You know They don't want to show that shit You know (laughs) They're just trying to show Something that's kind of respectful That like harkens back to it But like This guy's been in the slums dude He came from He came from DDT man Like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's been everywhere like it's crazy
0: Dude could you imagine if this man had signed WWE after the Cruiserweight Classic
2: Oh bro he'd be done Yeah I mean he probably would have Came back who knows what the fuck would have happened
0: <laughs> But yeah so Post match Ibushi well the funny thing Post match he he's like so out of it He thinks just,
2: he didn't even know he won
0: Yeah he tries to pin Naito again And is like Ibushi <laughs> you, you won man <laughs>
2: That, that reminds me of... Um, there's a match, Matt Hughes against Carlos Newton. And Newton had Hughes in a triangle choke. And uh, Hughes lifts Newton up and puts him up against the cage. So he's got him in a powerbomb position. And Matt Hughes passes out and falls down. And powerbombs Carlos Newton while he's unconscious. And the referee doesn't realize that Matt Hughes is already unconscious. So he checks on Carlos Newton first. And Carlos Newton's out. And they stop the fight, and like they, they go to like wake up Matt Hughes, and Matt Hughes like starts throwing punches because <laughs> he was out, right? And it was really controversial, but like yeah, it reminded me of that, like when a fighter is completely out, they don't know, you know,
0: right? Uh, so he's celebrating with the titles, are playing the you know that, that championship music, uh, celebrating, you know, fireworks going off, but then uh, Jay White comes out, Just Jay White, spoil the party. He says he he came out to pull Abushi back down. Is that he will fulfill his destiny and become God tomorrow. Um, but he'll let Abushi have his moment at, at this night, because um, it's only gonna last one, one night. Day. Yeah, so we, we get the fireworks, Abushi celebrating double titles. This is great, uh, feel good moment of Abushi finally being
2: the top guy, the top
0: champion in the promotion.
2: Yeah, really great send off for night one, and we can roll right into night two. Yep.
0: Yeah, so night two, we kick off with the KOPW, uh, twenty twenty one four way to determine the first provisional KOPW champion for this year. Bushi versus Chase Owens versus Bad Luck versus Torriano. Um, I mean,
2: I, I don't have a lot to add here. I mean, it was fine. It was kind of funny. You know, they they started off with a finger poke of doom spot where it seemed like. Chase Owens was going to give the win to Falle Right, because
0: Bushi, like the previous Night was out of the ring, Yano didn't want to come in Like the previous night, so like, fine, y'all don't want to come in or We'll win this match, and so then Falle Did the, the finger poke of doom to Chase at the Beginning there,
2: but then Towards the tail end of the match uh, They did a grenade launcher Which is their tag team finish, they did That to uh, Bushi, and that's Usually sets up a pinfall For Chase Owens And so Chase is getting the pinfall, and <laughs> Foley kicks his leg out, and then he tries to go for the pinfall, and they they start arguing. He's like, you know, um,
0: we win, I, I win, we win. Yeah, and, and then, then Fale's like, no, 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 no,
2: I win, we win. He's <laughs> like, if we win, I win, and then like Chase is like, no, if if I win, we win, and then he goes, Foley goes, no, if you win, you win, <laughs> yeah. but if I win, we <laughs> win. <laughs> and they're arguing. The referee was Amari Yasami. He like tries to interfere with them. He they both lift him up in the air. It opens up spot for Yano to come up, give them both the low blow. He pins Bushi, one, two, three. And, uh, I mean, th- there was other stuff in the match. There was a lot of, like, you know, it, it was fine for what it was. But, I mean, it, it w- to me, this was definitely the lowest match of both nights. Uh, t- again, a four-way. I liked the other four-way Jingu better than this one. Yeah. Uh, it felt slow. It felt sluggish. Uh, If they had wanted this match to be good There was any number of guys That I mean Rocky Romero Show
0: Ishii, Ishii, Suzuki, Suzuki,
2: Goto, Hinari I mean there was even Yoshihashi Yeah Yoshihashi Tons of guys they could have put in it Clearly Based on and you know what I'm not even trying to like Talk shit about the wrestlers I'm saying this solely Based off of how they're All slotted within the company which is Lower tier they're right. all lower, aside from Yano, and Yano's like the Joker of New Japan. You know, he's the wild card guy. Everyone else is, you know,
0: slotted pretty low.
2: Slotted pretty low. So I mean, it it was cool for Chase Owens to be able to walk down the aisle at a Tokyo Dome, you know, and get his music and all that. And but I mean, this was bad. I wouldn't I wouldn't do this as an opener for another major show ever again. This is stri- Dude, uh- strictly like you know, road to show sort of material.
0: Dude, we could have had a, a fire six man tag. You could have done Goto Ishii and Yoshihashi against some trio and it would have been a great opener.
2: The talent in this company, you could you could give me 20 match combinations and it would have been fine. In fact, uh you know a lot of people complain about the multi-man tags and the cannon fodder and the filler. I give me that over this any day. Literally.
0: Yeah, this this was rough and it's just gonna show you that like we talked about KLPW, it's gonna be slotted That's this opener comedy Act gimmick it's gonna be Janos thing uh looks like For the majority of the year and it's just gonna Be a goofy comedy thing
2: which is fine I mean But you know my question is does it draw Eyes does it draw butts does it draw dollars Does it draw subscriptions What does it really do You know I don't think I don't think it does any of that. Maybe it does. Maybe, maybe we we don't know. Maybe it does. But uh it's not for me. It's for somebody else. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it ain't for me either. <laughs> Uh, so we move on here to the second match of the night. The IWGP Junior Tag Team titles on the line as Master Wato and Ries Taguchi
2: What's their tag name? One and Eight.
0: One and Eight. They were trying to explain what it meant on on the commentary, but I, I honestly I, I kind of wasn't paying attention to what what why they're called One and Eight. I
2: think it has to do with the kind of star ratings they draw. They draw like one eighth stars or something like that.
0: I, I don't know. I think there was like a sexual reference to it as well.
2: Oh, is it like sixty nine but it's one in eight and it, that means something over there?
0: I I don't know. I, I know I, I don't know. There I missed the explanation on commentary.
2: I can make more sexual jokes, but I'm gonna <laughs> not not go that route. I'll take uh, the high road here.
0: <laughs> they and uh, they were facing the champs, uh El Esporado and Yoshinobu Kanamaru. Uh Wataguchi, they came up with a mashup theme of both of their, their songs here, so trying to make you think that they're gonna be you know, a, a team going forward here, Watto. Watto uh, came
2: out in the leather clad.
0: Yeah, fresh gear, leather jacket, uh, leather uh, pants. Uh, got rid of the pink, you know, belt and trimming, all all blue here. You start
2: off in velvet, you move to leather, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> uh, Tenzon, of course. Some BDSM stuff. <laughs> Tenzon, of course, uh, seconding these guys. So Tenzon's was his third, ap- third appearance on, on the show. So that was
2: a joke. Me and Jeremy were talking, I was like... Cause he's like man Tenzon getting paid And I was like Is that his like Third time on On the screen And he's like yeah And I was like You think that's why Kenny really used to Bring the bucks down Like You know Just so they Basically so they Could get a second payday Every like <laughs> Tokyo Dome and shit oh, yeah.
0: Well yeah Ten, If that's the case Tenzon got three Tenzon's he, been getting paid Cause he was in the Rambo He accompanied Kojima And then he accompanied These guys here
2: Yeah and then, and then when he interfered in the main event, that was crazy. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he, he called out the uh, the winner. Yeah, he walked down and
2: called out the winner. He's getting a title shot, New Year's Dash. It's crazy. Uh, Who would have thought 2021 is a weird year?
0: Uh, but yeah, so we had this match up here. It, it was a fine um, junior tag match. Um, I mean,. Nothing really special here. I mean, a lot of story of the match.
2: Nothing special here. I mean, when you talk about three star special, I mean, I maybe you could convince me to go a quarter, but the, thinking back on it, I think I was like three and a quarter in the moment. But I'm ready. I'm ready to stamp my three stars on that yeah, shit. I,
0: I went three stars. Some of the spots weren't oh, all that great. There was a
2: six one nine that wat. Of course, Watto would have the wonkiest, you know, uh, botch of anything. <laughs> <laughs> In the tokyo dome. Yeah, he went for this weird 6.9. He barely got like bro it, it it wasn't good. It's like one of those things like you should just if you can't do it don't do it You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: and so yeah, was that's like, why I
2: just I have headlock wrestling matches <laughs> Slap on a headlock
0: wrestle match
2: because I can do that. I'm good at it, you know <laughs>
0: uh, But yeah, wato not not the best tokyo dome debut here uh, Yeah, and it was fine. I mean some of the story of the match, you know, Katamaro he ate two falls on, on the build of this matchup here, um, so people are you know speculating, you know, is he gonna, you know, third fall is Despy gonna go singles here, but ended up Despy hits the right the right hand close right hand Pinje Loco, one two three,
2: and, and we were both predicting the you know Teguchi Japan Han team to win, but <laughs> while we were watching it, I, I kept looking at you and being like this feels like Suzuki Goon's about to win. I was like, the more I thought about it, I was like, they're not going to put it on these two goofballs. Like, yeah, I was like, you know, to me, it, it makes sense. Cause that title just doesn't really, it's not worth that much. But, uh, one thing I will say, if there is a team that's adding some semblance of prestige to it, it is Suzuki. I mean, they keep holding onto those belts. I mean, I know a lot of people I know we talk about like Raphanga three K having been like the quote unquote ace team, but they like never really have lengthy reigns, never successfully defend. They're they're a great team. But I mean, if there was a defining tag team since say like the Bucks left, it really is Kanamaru and Desperado. They're the guys that run that division. They're sort of the G O D of the junior division.
0: Right. So and yeah, This just
2: solidified that even more.
0: Yeah, so they win here, then retain, so we'll we'll see what's next, uh, for that's being beanamaru. Oh,
2: I know what's next. Those titles going on ice for like three months. <laughs> we'll see him again at the road to Dontaku. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, next up here we had the never open weight championship match. The hatchet, Jeff Cobb challenging the dragon, Shingo Takagi. Uh, here,
2: here's the beautiful thing about Jeff Cobb's heel turn, and this was something that my girlfriend brought up. All he had to do to turn heel was put a couple strands of hair in his face, and then voila. He's a heel. That's all he did. Different, literally, like the one thing.
0: (laughs) Yes, got the hair in the face, put
2: an angry face on, and yeah, and uh, then and then just be like, I guess you're wondering why. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like his. It's not like his promos improved. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) The hatchet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: But yeah, but this match was freaking awesome. Oh, bro,
2: was awesome. It was awesome. It bro, the never title always has I mean, can you remember the last time that there wasn't a really great never title match at Wrestle Kingdom? I don't think it ever fails to deliver.
0: Yeah, to yeah, it's something I can think back when I've been watching. Yeah, it, it right, all like,
2: Ishii Shibata, Suzuki Goto. Uh what was the what was the match last year?
0: It was Kenta Goto.
2: Even that was really, really good. They they always have awesome never matches in the dome.
0: Yeah. And this one is right up there with them. Um, like I kind of talked about on the preview show, a lot of the story here was going to be Shingo really having a hard time to you know outpower Jeff Cobb, and we saw that he had to use like the ropes, like a rebound, or, like the rebound back suplex. And
2: bro, what 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 area did he excel beyond Jeff Cobb? And I mean, he's not stronger than him. He's not a better athlete than him. He's not faster than him. He can't high fly as well as Jeff Cobb does like in almost every area. He's like Jeff Cobb is in kayfabe and in probably real life, like a better, you know, performer and athlete, you know, Mm -hmm. but you know, Shingo is a special talent. He's got that intangible, you know, quality that makes a star. And that's kind of like the story here. And it's even what, um, during the press conference, Shingo brought this up. He, he literally was like, you know, I've wrestled Jeff and it's something we didn't bring up on, we, we failed to mention it in the preview, but, like, they've wrestled multiple times, and this is the third high-profile match they've had, and every single time they've ever wrestled, Jeff Cobb has beaten Shingo. Yeah. So, like, yeah, and he brought it up during the press conference. He's like, I've never beat this guy, and he's like, it, 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 he basically said in his estimation of all the monsters out there, he's the top monster. He's the most agile, the most, you know, skilled the most you know able to like do various different things he's like he's stronger than me he's younger than me he's faster than me like I, I'm not sure I'm gonna beat this guy
0: yeah and so that definitely kind of played into the story here uh had a great belly to belly on the floor uh from Cobb shingo oh
2: yeah that was uh over the head belly to belly yeah who that was nasty <laughs> there was a lot of nasty stuff in this and, and you know you know what it was a never style match but it was its own style of never style like mm-hmm. it wasn't what you would typically Typically expect from your Ishii's or your Gotos those types of guys. This was a more of a hybrid style, similar to like what you see out of Jeff Cobb. This is the kind of match I've been clamoring. This is the best Jeff Cobb I've seen since uh, he's come to New Japan.
0: Yeah, this was great. You know, hitting the AJ style spot. Uh, the drop yeah, you spot. called that.
2: You called that when it happened. It was yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah, because Cobb does that every once in a while. I love when he does that. Um, there was one spot here where uh, Cobb T's doing a. Razor's edge from the outs, from the inside to the outside of the ring.
2: Well, think about it too. I mean, what what what's the background of these two guys? I mean, you've got they're both so versatile. It's like you know, you got Shingo who worked, you know, over a decade in where drag Gate, yep, working with fast, high paced, high octane offense. You know, little guys. And then you could kind of say the same thing, but on a different side of the coin, when it comes to Jeff Cobb, you know, you look at his work at PWG over in England, that, that
0: California indie scene.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And so it's not exactly the same, but I mean, that's sort of the kind of guys that both these guys have worked with. And so, um, and it kind of worked too, because Shingo is smaller than Jeff Cobb, but he's able to do a lot of different things. And so, Th- their styles just mesh really well with one another
0: Yeah, and Shingo, Shingo did some flying after that That razor's edge tease to the floor uh, Shingo was able to wiggle out And he, he had a tope con On to uh, Cobb to the outside So, again, uh, some flying done there um, And then it's a lot of great back and forth With a, a lot of their uh, Attempting to do their signature moves You know, Shingo attempting the, the Noshigami That uh, Cobb blocked several times he, he blocked one into that that spin cycle Back suplex thing. Uh, that he does.
2: They both hit a really ugly version of like a backflip power slam, the kind that you see uh, Bandito do.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. They
2: both, like a moonsault body slam, they both tried it, but neither of them um, fully landed it, but they got it. They're such big guys, and also throwing. <laughs> Because they're both big, you know, the fact that they're attempting it on a guy that size, it was just so impressive when both of them did it. And sometimes I like when a gritty match like this sort of devolves. And like, even if they're not perfectly hitting the moves, if they're hitting it, it still looks effective. And that's what they both did. Like, there was an element of anything you can do, I can do better. Mm-hmm, yeah. Where, um, there, uh, what was the body part that... Jeff Cobb was working on Shingo most of the match.
0: The back. Okay, yeah, yeah, Having yeah. the bear hug. There's a lot of suplexes. so that, it, that midsection.
2: Even though that was sort of his tactic that he ended up taking, especially during the heat, early on and then towards the tail end of the match, the, like, one guy hit a forearm, another guy hit a forearm. Headbutt, headbutt, you know. Big move, big move. And they were, like, trying to outdo one another. And then at the tail end, like, it was funny because Jeff Cobb was winning that game. Yeah. And then towards the tail end, they... Cobb thought they were still playing that game, and she goes like, "Nah, fuck this." He went for the, like he he landed a headbutt, and, and Jeff Cobb tried to go for a headbutt, and he's like, "Nah, hold this right hand." Bow, Bow. <laughs> and then he's like, "Hold another headbutt," uh. and he's like, "I got to get you out of here." And it kind of reminded me of the way he got rid of Suzuki in the G One. Like it's just sort of happened. That's what what was going on here was he's like no more of this I can't keep playing this game because this guy's too dangerous yeah. fuck you. hold this,
0: <laughs> um then there's great uh, Cobb he had a splash mountain bomb here that, that the razor's edge into a power bomb
2: bro and they they teased him doing um a razor's edge like that to the outside like you brought up earlier and I was like there's no way to do that <laughs> safely like right.
0: um and then several you know Shingo trying to avoid the tour of the islands um there was one point where he. He hit a chop block.
2: Oh, oh, yeah, the chop block. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um. So then once Cobb finally did hit the tour of the island, he couldn't follow up for the cover. Yeah, his
2: leg gave out.
0: He's holding his knee. So he crawls over to pin Shingo. rolls over close to the ropes, gets his foot on the ropes.
2: And, I, and I, don't, I hate to spoil it, but this is something that Jeff Cobb does in a lot of his matches, especially, like, on the indies. You know, he wasn't always booked, like, the juggernaut who beats everybody. He did a lot of jobs in the indies, and it, a lot oftentimes there was a story where like his leg got taken out and then (laughs) and he so this is like his bread and butter he's so good at selling it and like he sold it really well here and like I've seen it before but this is the most notable you know um, you know performance or you know execution of that that I've ever seen
0: yeah it was awesome and uh, Shingo lifting up for the 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 made in Japan was a great uh, visual there oh
2: yeah because he's such a big he's a big boy man yeah
0: (laughs) And at some point, uh, Cobb got busted open. There was like a cut um, on his nose. Yeah, so he he's bleeding. Um, and then there's a great like lariat exchange uh, towards the end here. Uh, Cobb was looking for the the tour of the islands one more time. Uh, but Shingo hits him with a lariat, gets him up for the last of a dragon. One, two, three. Shingo gets the big win here in this uh, second run as never champion. Empire oh in three at the tokyo dome now I know we didn't take questions this week But i'm i'm just imagining a lot of our Listeners are probably asking us what are They doing with the empire they went O 3 they're a new stable they should Have done something to establish them
2: Well you know that was kind of well you Know something <laughs> <laughs> uh, But what i was saying is <laughs> you know when, um, when we were kind of previewing this, my thought was they need to have at least one of them win, right? Mm-hmm. But the more we kind of... I don't know if you remember last week I was reasoning about that and I was like, you know, the only win that matters, really actually matters, is Osprey. If Osprey wins, then it does a lot for the group. And if he loses, sure, the other two could win, but like their leader kind of lost, so it doesn't really... I mean, does it kind of establish them? Kind of, but it's not like it makes them this juggernaut team or anything. You know what I mean? Right. So it would. I did think Jeff – I thought Jeff Cobb was going to win. But once I saw that all of them lost, it kind of, like, clicked. And you even brought this up yourself. You mentioned a lot of teams fail up in New Japan. And they don't always start off with just straight wins. So, I mean, this is kind of typical New Japan-style booking where – They've got a, a team, they're going to build them up, but they didn't like... And and every single one of them had an outstanding performance and looked really, really good in defeat, but now that they've all lost, they've got something, a chip on their shoulder, something to prove. And New Year's Dash is tomorrow.
0: Right, yeah, tomorrow's New Year's Dash. And here's the thing, like, these guys, they all they have to do is attack a champion, attack somebody to set up their, their feud going forward. We see this all the time in New Japan where guys... Fail up the card We saw it last year Probably one of the biggest ones With Kenta losing to Hiroki Goto um, Earlier in the night Losing the ever title to Goto Then comes out at the end of the night To take out Naito He just lost the ever title But now he is the number one contender For the the double title So we see this thing all the time Where a guy loses a big match Loses a title And then just attacks somebody Or comes out and calls somebody out And and then they're right back up into a big position. So I don't think we need to be, anybody needs to be worried about the Empire at all. Um, You know, obviously, we're recording this before New Year's Dash. And I, I think tomorrow at Dash, these guys are probably going to be in some kind of six man tag against some of the top guys. Maybe it's Empire versus L.I.J., maybe it's Empire versus Hontai. Against some of the top guys and they beat them down and then that's the angle that pushes them into something
2: I mean, yeah, and it it is kind of unique in that like I haven't seen them do this with an entire unit recently that I can really think of but I mean Dude look at jay white. You remember he lost to like (laughs) Tanahashi the next night. They had him have that like showcase match against I think it was Kitamura uh, Kitamura. and then they put him in a big angle against Kenny Omega a month, you know Less than 30 days later, he's the US champion and he's like, you know, a big big deal like you would be Kenny Omega So I mean just because these guys didn't win in the dome don't write them off like you'd be a fool to do that And I've actually um, seen a lot of this sentiment online and I think that's what New Japan wants They want people to kind of be eating out of their hand and and I think a lot of people are buying into that You know what I mean? Um, you kind of got to look past that they wouldn't have put <laughs> They wouldn't have put Will Ospreay in the second spot, and the first night of the Tokyo Dome, against the ace of the company, if they don't have big plans for him. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like, that's, it's so stupid.
0: You know, based off of what we saw at the end of this night's main event, they're going to need a top heel.
2: Um, Possibly. Possibly. I mean, they might have one already, but I mean, they might be making way for that sort of thing to happen.
0: Yeah. So then, uh, also we have the cleaning and dis- disinfection. Also, there's another uh, strong spirits commercial with uh, Nito and
2: Donnie. Uh, and I've Donnie. had more of that t- during this <laughs> yeah. podcast too. Uh,
0: another thing about the the another you know U.S. UK TV deal coming soon. Um, we come back from intermission, and it's Evil versus Sonata.
2: <laughs> um, no, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Maybe you have a more positive take than I do <laughs> <laughs> Why
0: are you laughing Oh man dude. <laughs> I, I I just I was not a huge fan Of this match uh, maybe,
2: maybe we can do the diplomatic Thing maybe we could just break down the story A little bit before we talk about the match Okay,
0: So <laughs> s- s- the story here Is obviously leads back to Evil turning on L.I.J Right turned on his foreign tag team partner Sonata Um You know, Evil becomes double champion. Um, Sonata beats Evil in the G1, keeps Evil out from going to the G1 finals.
2: And I think he had beat Sonata in the New Japan Cup earlier in the year. Right, yeah. He
0: uh, cheated to beat Sonata in the New Japan Cup. Uh, Sonata gets a win back in G1. Um, On the Road Tokyo Dome, we saw a more aggressive side of Sonata. Um, kind of breaking the cold skull moniker and just really brawling and attacking evil finally taking this you know turn personally
2: uh, S- since he has this uh, sort of Glam rock look i've been calling him uh space lone tiger or space <laughs> lone wolf sonata because it, it sort of kind of reminds me of like 1980s era muta, but or muto um, I did think it was interesting like for you know third from the top Neither one of these guys had new gear. They didn't have anything special for the dome. No, yeah, no special entrance,
0: no special... I mean, there was a VTR. Yeah, a VTR, but, but... there was no, like, special, you know, video, promo video, like, like entrance video, like, with Osprey's thing.
2: Bro, I, I'm just telling you right now, if I ever work a big show, any big show, I'm gonna have new shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's the deal. If I was them, like... I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if wrestlers realize, like, how much stock fans... I mean, that's one of those things that makes you look like like a star, you know. Right. I, mean? I don't know. But anyways, so they 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 both come out. They the match they had was technically fine, you know. I wouldn't call it a bad match.
0: Right. I mean they executed all their maneuvers as well as the it.
2: average of execution, you know. <laughs> the typical of execution, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was it, it was the 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 actual definition of mid you know what? the thing that detracted from this match were a few things. Um this match was long. got a lot of time. had a lot of space to fill. The cheating was so abundant. and it's like, okay, it'd be fine if it was like a big show and it was the first time we were seeing it. but this encapsulated everything. When when did he first go heel? Was it in May?
0: Um uh, June. June, oh. June. June? June June fifteenth was, was the Together okay. Project show. So it was sometime after when New Japan Cup started. Okay,
2: so the last six months of New Japan, the last six months of Evil, this match perfectly encapsulated everything that we've, you know, railed against when it comes to evil. I mean, multiple ball shots. Multiple referee bumps
0: Dictogo togo, togo wire
2: wire And like There were some times Where like It was okay But it's just like Oh my god It was just so An overabundance Reliance on that stuff The, the only outside thing That I popped for That I liked Was when Um <laughs> Evil threw Um Sonata Into the barricade And it hit the time Capers table Or the time table And uh It reminded me of what had happened in uh, the Cow Palace with... uh,
0: Uh, Juice and um, Jay.
2: Yeah. JR. When when they knocked over JR. And that was a bad thing. Like, JR actually got hurt. But uh, I I think this was a planned spot. If it wasn't, then it's genius. Like, this might be the best thing I've ever seen Evil do. Like, they knocked over... um, the timekeeper, they had the ref, you know, and they used that. It, actually, you know what? It had to be planned because they used that as a means to continue cheating while the referee was attending to the doctors and everything. And then once they, like, set everything back up and got it, like, good again, they did the spot again and they knocked over the fucking timekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that, that popped me. But, oh, man, this, when they got to, like, and this is something Rich said to me, and I concur, he was like, when they got to 20 minutes, I felt like it had been 40 minutes, and that's what it felt like.
0: Yeah, and and we had 40-minute matches on this card. I did not feel 40 minutes.
2: And then, you know, it encapsulated how I feel about Sonata, too. When Sonata is doing the things that make him great, he's so fucking good. Like, you know, the topes and the high-flying and the fast-paced offense and, you know, the moonsaults, and that shit's cool. But then the stuff in between, it's, like, so lackluster. And it's up and down, it's inconsistent, it's hot and then it's cold And that's how I feel about Sonata This perfectly encapsulated how I feel about these two guys And I know there's people who like love both of them And if you love this match, I'm not like, I'm not gonna make fun of you It's obviously for you and that's great, but this is not for me
0: Yeah, this was, dude, the thing that frustrated me about this match The whole story that they were telling on the Royal Tokyo Dome It's like Sonata has snapped He's over this and he's angry. I was expecting the bell to ring and this guy to like charge evil and to be this to be kind of a, a wild, kind of crazy brawl, but, uh, but they started like any other wrestling match would.
2: <laughs> I just feel like you know, I don't know. It's weird. Um, sometimes I know wrestling fans don't. Totally understand the ins and outs of what really goes on behind the scenes But sometimes I feel like wrestling fans really do understand certain aspects That people in the business don't get you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's like one of those things it's like when you're building a feud and you're telling a story and you're doing it through segments and you know pre-match stuff and stuff in the match You want to pay it off in the match and sometimes I think wrestlers don't realize that they think like That's all gaga to get to the match And they're like And they don't incorporate it into the match And like we should have seen Fucking Sonata rush up and pound this guy And like lose his shit And like rip his like hair
0: out or something You know Right He didn't do none of that But then on commentary Like Chris was saying Oh Sonata was saying he wants to win his way His style And I was like No
2: no 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 That's, That's like retconning You know yeah. That's not the story they were telling You know You can't you know, I good on Chris Charlton to try to make up for it and maybe that is what he said, but it's like but that's not what you showed with your actions, right? And why would that be your 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 that's the reason why you're not IWGP level because why would that be your your rationale if this guy turned on your brothers, he was your your tag team partner, he he cost you everything, you know, on these multiple occasions now. Fuck him, dude,
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Take him out, bro. Make a name for yourself and, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But a lot of people were kind of uh, saying that this was essentially a de facto um, title eliminator. I didn't think it would be, but, you know, I think ultimately it does look like Sonata's moving up in the title picture based off this win. I mean, it is a big win for him. He was uh, an IWG or he was a G1 finalist this year um, and then, you know, ended up losing to or and then ended up uh, beating... The former double champ here in the dome So it's a big win for him um, You know maybe I'm getting ahead of myself I know you got some notes on the match but yeah
0: Yeah I mean just one thing that I did Like uh, that popped me was um, Dick Togo's table bump um, So there was a table that set up towards the beginning Of the match yeah uh, I think I went
2: to go clean some Dishes when that happened <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: It's not a uh, or it's not pushed evil into Dick Togo, which sent him. He did this crazy like flailing bump through a table. I it heard was-
2: you pop. I looked <laughs> up. I saw him he went through a table. I know I remember Evil had wit, you know, taken the liberty to set up a table, so it makes sense.
0: Uh so yeah, that popped that me. But then <clears throat> the finish here we had um evil attempting to do a low blow, uh Sonata blocks it, hits everything is evil, hits a pop-up cutter, moonsault. One two three sonata gets the big win here
2: my my thinking had been You guys treated like sonata or you know, you treated sonata like such a geek for so long Why not keep doing it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They they clearly have other plans and thoughts. I don't think he's IWGB title bound, but he's gonna be a guy that You know down the road is gonna challenge for that title. So it's a big win for him um, you know it this kind of feels like a match where the winner is actually the loser, and the loser might be the winner.
0: Right. So, like, the winner is going to get an immediate kind of prize, but then ultimately it's going to be the loser down the road that...
2: Because the loser sort of gets protected long-term. They're not having to eat the next title defense against a newly crowned, you know, champion. Right. So, you know, uh, that's fine. But that's that's what happened here, so... and yeah. And I also will say... These guys will probably lock it up again Maybe New Japan Cup Maybe Could be a first round matchup And you're probably gonna see Evil get this win back
0: Yeah Yeah I went three and a quarter
2: Yeah I'm three and a quarter I'm right there And the whole time I was watching it I, I was like man we're on the road Three and a quarter here <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, So moving on to the semi-main of the evening We had the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match Hiromu Takahashi taking on the Bone Soldier Taiji Ishimori
2: Leading to this match, I, I looked at you and I was like, man, it's night two. It's hot and, you know, they got a lot of misses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to pick it up. And this match definitely picked it up. Um, we saw, did Hiromu come out in the same get up or no?
0: He had different gear. He had like a camo gear, but it was his normal entrance attire. I said Hiromu. Oh, Hiromu, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Taiji. Uh, yeah, Hiromu, he had, he had the same Okay. Uh, robe thing.
2: Ishimori also came out in camo. Um, He had some sort of weird blonde hair extensions, but only in one part of his hair. It didn't look particularly good. Yeah, it looked weird. Um, But I did like his camo gear. Uh, Usually, I mean, he hasn't really changed his gear too many times since he's been in New Japan, like once or twice. Yeah. So it was cool to see, again, big match gear. That was cool. But um, I will say I, I dug... We had two juniors from Bullet Club that came out with camo gear, and I m- much preferred ELP's look uh, just a, a little bit. But, yeah, thought it was funny we had both those guys coming out with camo for the first time.
0: Yeah, that was cool. Former uh, tag partner, for tag champions. I was going to say, they're, partners, still, they're still partners.
2: partners.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Life partners. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this was um, a great matchup here. Uh, between these two guys uh, I definitely think it's the one of the matches I feel could have I mean all the matches could have benefited from the crowd being able to cheer But for all of the athletic concrete spots they were doing in this match I definitely felt like a crowd would have helped enhance this match.
2: It definitely would have helped uh, and there there's a lot of matches where I The lack of crowd. Maybe it's maybe we're becoming accustomed to it Maybe they're becoming accustomed to it. Maybe it's a combination of the two. I don't know but um this match was awesome i didn't feel like they held back but there were so many times where like they they would sell and i'm a big proponent of selling especially when something big happens but you just know that in these big moments where a big sequence or a big move happens and then they're down and they're selling that the crowd would have like really got into it and in this match it didn't seem like they weren't like, it wasn't that they weren't into it, but they just didn't maybe know how to react because they needed the, vo- the vocalization.
0: Yeah. You know? uh, we had, um, towards the beginning, Hiromu trying to do a a, a long running drop kick off the ramp.
2: Oh, that spot was bad.
0: Yeah, it uh, looks like Ishimori was supposed to catch him. and I don't know exactly what they were trying to do, but...
2: To me, so him going all the way to the end of the, uh, the ramp I mean that's something that Kijimuto used to do a lot We saw it with like the Hogan match Reminds me of like the Chono match in the dome Um, And yeah, Hiromu kind of harkened back to that And then he ran, ran, ran And it looked like he was going to do a shotgun drop kick And I think what was supposed to happen is Either Ishimori was supposed to move out of the way And like maybe like powerbomb him Or like, you know, sideswipe him but the way he jumped with his legs, it looked like he was trying to wrap him up in some sort of like leg hold, like an ankle lock or a, you know, a ankle pick or a leg lock. But when that all happened, and it looked like he did everything fine, but because the way the ramp was, it was like long and then declined and then long again. He jumped off the decline, and it looked like he hit his head, or Hiromu hit his head. Yeah. And I think Ishimori did everything right. I don't think he fucked up, but I think Hiromu just, like, maybe overshot or something, because he hit his head, and he he didn't, like, sit in the leg lock at all. He rolled away and grabbed his head, and, like, Ishimori just let it be, and he was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it looked like to me anyways. Yeah.
0: I wasn't quite sure where they were going for there, but, yeah, so that... Had that spot there um, And then I'll see something that worked out For the story of this match Also, ELP worked over the, the, the hand And arm of uh, Hiromu on night one yeah. Which played in perfectly because Taiji His two finishers are the yes lock And the, um, the Border City stretch um, And so both working over the arms That was the, the perfect way Perfect setup kind of there for um, Taiji to work the arm over And the hand over this whole match
2: yeah, and uh, also notable, um, we never did get any sort of day two interference or interaction from uh, ELP. So he sort of was a non-factor here, which was, you know, a little surprising, but good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, they they even had... Um, Normally, Hiromu has his hands taped up with tape, you know, the the white tape, and then he puts, like, the kanji letters and different stuff on it. Smiley faces, cat faces, shit like that. But on this night, he still... It was weird. He still had the white tape, (laughs) which you would think, like, that's good enough as a stabilizer. Yeah. But then he took, like, an ace bandage and put it over the tape (laughs) on the bad hand to just, like, let you know, this is the bad hand. It's injured, but it's, like... You already got tape on it Like I don't think you need An ace bandage And he And then And then he still proceeded To write On the bandage (laughs) Which was like
0: It was funny Yeah you had uh, Ishimori He did a a, a Springboard 450 To Hiromu's arm
2: Oh yeah And we saw something Similar to that In um A match that Or maybe it wasn't We Maybe it was just me But I, I watched a match Recent Oh yeah 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 You know what it was It was the Tanahashi Okada match That we watched recently where uh, Tanahashi was working Okada's arm and Okada reached out to the ropes Mm. and Tanahashi landed on his arm and it was like a planned thing. That's exactly what happened here. Hiromu was reaching out and, and then we got the 450. But I also think, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe they did that exact same signature during the Jingu Stadium match. It was one of the setups to the end of the match.
0: I think it was, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I think that was also a callback spot for them as well.
0: Because yeah, he has the 450, he, he, he rolls Hiromu into the yes lock right after that.
2: Yeah, man. And he had him in the yes lock multiple times in this match. And I mean, like, it it, it got really nerve wracking because it seemed like, you know, with the work that ELP did on night one, it made uh, Hiromu a prime sitting target to potentially get tapped out from, you know, what's he called? The game over?
0: What? the uh, His boards, um, worst, the boards, the stretch?
2: Or the yes lock yes, are they the same thing different? No, okay. I don't know. They're they're the same thing to me (laughs) um, but yeah, it looked like his arm was prime target for a potential submission victory loss and um One other thing I want to point out Ishimori looked Probably the most motivated i've seen him look in like two years in this match like the last time Not to say that he hasn't had good performances, but the last time I personally remember him actually performing in this kind of level was like the Shingo match in the ta- in the uh, super junior A block final like two years ago, you know? Right. I haven't, since he came back from that injury, I haven't seen him really like work up to this level. And dude, he was vicious. The one thing that was really vicious in this match was the, the right forearm shots. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. He
2: threw so, I mean, there's one segment where like he's like, boom, 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 boom. Boom, and he like just kept laying him in. And there was a point where like was doing this awesome like bend back like matrix spot sell. And while he's bending back, Ishimori lands another one and just sends his ass down. Like and it got to a point where Retsu's like, yo, this is a little much. I'm about to
0: call it, yeah. And I'm like,
2: <laughs> bro, you can't call it like what you're going to call it f- for the guy like kicking too much ass? Like, fuck that.
0: <laughs> I thought he was going to do like a ref stoppage.
2: No, I thought he was warning him that like he was being too aggressive. Mm. And, you know, not, yeah. I mean, we don't see that in New Japan, but that was sort of what they teased. At yeah. least that's what I thought. Mm. I don't know. We don't speak.
0: Yeah, I, th- I thought it was like he was teasing, like, I'm going to, I'm going to call like, I'm going to stop the match and get, award you the winner because Hirom was not defending himself. Yeah. Also, yeah, that was great. Yeah. Ishimori did a running destroyer. That was great. A lot of great counters between, you know, Time Bomb, Dynamite Plunger, the the Bloody Cross. Um, like you mentioned, when he there was that great near submission where he got him in um, the Bordersleeve Stretch. I don't know what Ishimori calls uh, his Bordersleeve Stretch, uh, but it was a great um, near submission there because nobody had really escaped that in the Super Juniors, and that was a move he was kind of tapping everybody out with. Um, and then coming down to the finish here, Ishimori um, tried the La, La Mystica... Uh, the, the bone lock is what he calls it. He got uh, he got him in the bone lock. Uh, Hiromu escapes that, uh, lands the victory royale, uh, and then gets the time bomb two. And Hiromu is the new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion.
2: Yes, I thought this was a very fitting um, semi-main event. I thought uh, they did a really great job at the end. Like just again because the night before Hiromu was having trouble landing any of his major you know time bomb moves because of his arm and on night two again having issues there but he really gutted it out because he knew that was the key to what he needed and he landed the time bomb couldn't put him away him with time bomb too and he tried for time bomb too multiple times it got countered multiple times and they they just had a lot of really great back and forth here and um you know they crowned Hiromu again second year in a row in the dome this time you know holding the uh Best of Super Juniors trophy, so it kind of felt like it took the place of like what Dominion usually is for Juniors. We kind of got that spot here for uh, in in the dome, and um, I thought, of course, Hiromu looked excellent. I mean, he was great both nights, but I mean, this was the best. Like Ishimori looked better in defeat here than he did in any of his performances during the Best of Super Juniors back in December. Well I think like he did more for him
0: I think he had a real chip on his shoulder here I mean I know that was kind of part of the storyline Also you know he wasn't in a lot of mains Semi-mains He was like wondering you know Why is he taking a back seat to Hiromu And he's a champion But I think the part of that was real I think like there was a lot of him wanting to show like Hey like I am as good as Hiromu I can hang this guy And like I should be given more you know spotlight
2: well, um, yeah, it, it kind of reinvigorated uh, Ishimori for me because, like, when he first came to the company, I mean, I was really about him. And in modern times, the way they've been booking him, it's not that he's, we, we know he's such a great talent, but I mean, I've just, I haven't really been that invested. Plus, it felt like he's kind of the secondary junior in the bullet club when it comes to him and ELP. And so, kind of seeing him showcase. Now, this is going to be a weird thing to say. I recognize that this is the better junior title match of the two nights. I rate it higher, but I personally enjoyed the first night better. Does that make mm, sense? Yeah. Uh, like I liked the first night's match better purse on a personal taste, but um, I thought that this was the more epic longer feeling, you know, kind of, uh, oh, there was also a great callback. Uh, just throwing this out there when, um, what's it called when he does the d- DVD into the turnbuckle? Uh, Hiromu. I don't think
0: there's a special name for that. I think it's a they, run. It.
2: They've given it a name, but I can't. I think they have anyways. But yeah, he did that Death Valley Driver into the uh, exposed turnbuckle uh, right before he beat Ishimori, and that was kind of a callback to what he did to Desperado during their uh, Super Junior final match.
0: Yeah. So yeah, overall great match. Wait, Where, what would
2: you go on this one? I, I think went I'm, four and a quarter. Yeah, I think I'm four and a quarter too, which is still really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, it could have. I think with a crowd it would have gotten to, to four and a half.
2: I think so too. Yeah. Um I think I still like their initial super junior final match between these two guys the best, even though I'm I'm not as high in it as I'm not five stars like everyone else. But uh yeah, I, I think this is probably the second best match they've ever had. I like I think I liked it a little bit better than the Jingu Stadium. Yeah, match. I
0: liked it better than the Jingu match. Well, that leads us to the main event of the evening for the double titles. The current briefcase holder, Switchblade, Jay White, challenging the new double champion, Golden Star, Kota Ibushi.
2: Well, I mean, the shortest title reign in IWGP title history prior to this was 25 days. Um, I can't remember exactly who it was that held it for that period at might have been Ten I could be wrong. But um yeah, 25 days. And I mean, had Kota Ibushi lost here, we're talking about one day. That could have potentially been like um I know fans of Jay White would have wanted it, but maybe like one of those damaging sort of decisions when it comes to the prestige of the, title. <laughs> the IWGB title. Um, but thank God it didn't go that way. Although this match was incredible. And, I mean, it had a lot of things going against it. I mean, I'll say, uh, I'll let you get to it here in a second, Jeremy. I'm, I'm going to take a, a minute to, to just point out a few things. Number one, when these guys wrestled in the G1 final last year, um, I thought it was one of the best, like, G1 finals I'd ever seen. And I, I remember for whatever reason, a lot of people just didn't feel that way. And I, I challenge anyone who feels that way, maybe to go back and rewatch that match. Cause that was my match of the year last year um, for anywhere in the world, including, I liked it better than Osprey Shingo. I liked it better than Kenny Omega, Tanahashi. Um, and then after that, every time these guys wrestled, it just didn't really land for me, which was strange because those matches landed for a lot of people. A lot of people liked the match that they had in the dome last year, which I thought was shit, you know, I don't think it was a four-star affair or anything above that. I thought it was terrible. And then um, what they wrestled again in the G1. And then I thought that was just okay. And a lot of people loved that match. And then um, I did like the match that they had for the briefcase. But I still just was like, dude, it's nowhere near the level of match they had in the G1. Like, where is that? And people must have loved this feud because it got a lot of, like, Votes during our awards season for feud few the year. It was like number two or number three. Yeah, which is crazy and um, So I wasn't that excited going into this but deep down. I also was like, you know um, There's very little build but there kind of is because the briefcase thing But then like the matches before this weren't so great But then they had that really great match So I'm, I was like hot and cold about whether I should be excited about it or not and then the match started and like I'm five stars on this match. I think it's been a very long time since I've been a full five on anything in new Japan. Um, maybe a full year since I've like gone the full five on anything in new Japan or felt this good about things. And, um, you know, like you started at the top of the show, you said a lot of people said new Japan was dead. How can new Japan be dead when they're putting on bangers like this? You know what I mean? Like this was, it reminded me, of like Okada and Tanahashi, there are so many points in the match where like what they did in the match reminded me of stuff that Tanahashi and Okada did. I just watched the the, the Tokyo Dome match from Wrestle Kingdom Nine, and there's a lot of stuff that they probably borrowed from liberally. Where I was like, man, this match is fucking incredible. Like y- you take it away. <laughs>
0: yeah, awesome match. I didn't go go full. I was a coward. I didn't go full five. I went four point seven five. But. Incredible main event here um, Story of the match Jay is working over Abushi's uh, Ribs in the back of the midsection there Which is kind of weird that you, you, he would have followed Naito's lead and gone off the, the injured neck but he You know he that's kind of Jay's game plan He, he works the, the midsection and the ribs A lot of, of his opponent so he stuck to that that Game plan here Uh it's a lot of great stuff here abushi having to fight from underneath from the pain, you know with the core being taken out he had a hard time lifting Jay up for the lawn darts for the, um, the the last fry a lot of his signature moves he was having a hard time pulling off because of the work Jay had done for the midsection and Jay just so great at the little things. Um, I, I loved any time like abushi would try to do a strike exchange. And maybe Jay would fire off one to the face, but then he would go right back to the midsection. Or just little moments where he was picking up a bougie would just boom, a quick jab or quick shot to the midsection. Um, just so great. So these little things and the attention the detail on you know what he was working on there. So a lot of great stuff like that. Um,
2: one thing I noticed was just, and we both concurred when we were watching. It was like this match felt like a struggle, and like you know when when you hear that word struggle kind of think of like uh similar to like a never style match you know where it's back and forth big you know booming shots it wasn't like that it was more like they fought over every little thing one guy would go for a move another guy would like fight out of it and really struggle and they weren't just like you know you, you always see that obvious cooperation term thrown around you know where you know guy feeds into a suplex guy feeds into a you know body slam they, they weren't doing that shit like they were like Going for it, the guy's stalling, he's fighting out of it, and then he goes for his thing and like it was just this Titanic struggle. And then the other thing too was um for whatever reason, Jay White, most of his tactics, most of the things he's known for doing, the powdering, you know, the distractions and all all just the subtle heel things, like you mentioned, the small things that he does, they just weren't working. Right, (laughs) because Ibushi was like on another level and it was like both of them were having to step their game up so high that like a lot of the things that he's known for getting away with just because both guys were on and at a high level, they just weren't working. So they were both having to dig really deep even to pull any big moves off on each other like and they'd have to go for the same move like two, three, four times or if they even did land it like they would take damage from the other guy from strikes in the middle of trying to get these moves, you know, performed.
0: Yeah um, Had a great uh, Bomaye from Abushi. Um, that was a great Near fall Goes for the last Ride uh, Jay White slips out Does a backslide Feet on the ropes, Which is the ex- The exact spot That he did at Power struggle To win the, the Briefcase And
2: that was Gonna work boot, Did you notice Sabushi never Kicked out of it He was still Stacked Which makes sense In kayfabe Because that's how He lost mm-hmm. And uh, dummy Didn't scout it Enough to like Figure out how To get out of it but this time, Red Shoes saw it and didn't make the count. Had he made the count, that would have been the end right there. Like, yeah. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like, some of the heel tactics he tried, uh, speaking of Jay White, they just didn't pay off.
0: Yeah, so yeah, Red Shoes in better position this time. Notices Jay's feet on the rope stops the count there. Um, a lot of great counters. There, from.
2: There was one point where Jay had been controlling and he was working the back and everything was like, working really, really, really well. That was one strange thing, though. We, we both noticed he was working the ribs in the back, which is kind of his MO. But you would have thought, based on the offense that Naito had done the night. Remember, like, the whole story was, this guy's going to come in battered. Right. And he didn't exploit the obvious weakness, which was the neck.
0: Right. I mean, there was some points on here. Like he did a couple of Germans. He did the sleeper suplexers. Once he tried to super... A top rope sleeper suit black He didn't didn't get to hit it
2: That was like a little I think that was all at the tail end And to me that was like a little Too late Too little too late Right You know But um He had been in control For a large portion of the match And then once Once um He was cheating in the corner and red shoes like was trying to get him off And he gave him the count one two three four and like he's about to like disqualify him And then he like pulls him aside and he like looks at uh, uh, red shoes and he's like don't touch me And red shoes like you don't touch me he's like (laughs) he's like I don't touch you you don't touch me And like they're like going back and forth and he's like arguing with him and he got distracted He turns around boom he eats this big mid kick from uh, abushi And that was kind of like the thing that like turned the corner for for abushi in the match
0: Yeah, and so um you know, after that, we, we get, you know, Murda Koda, Murda Ibu, uh, you know, Super Saiyan, Avatar State, whatever you want to call it. obushi uh, just going into that, that next kind of gear, that next level, that zone. Um, he was just beating the crap <laughs> out of Jay White uh, to the point where Jay was like, let's lay laid down. And it was just like, you know, it's just pinning me like.
2: Yeah, that was a weird thing where he like, I, I think maybe he was like... um, Obviously I don't think he was looking for a way out, but in his character you're kinda like wondering like, well, what's the trick here? You know? Right. Maybe he thought like he could like uh get a like a roll up or something out of it, but and and you know, what? it ultimately did end up paying off, so
0: Yeah, he ended up getting a, a low blow right. off of it. Um yeah, he had a bushy, he did hit the before that he hit the uh the inside out that springboard uh German thing, the deadlift German.
2: Yeah, and that that was another time where like He goes to get the German, and Jay White is fighting out of it the whole time. He's, like, throwing these back elbows and stuff. And you think, like, even when we were watching it, I was like, dude, Abushi never hits this anymore. You know, everyone gets out of it. And then he, even while taking the shots, Abushi muscles him up and still gets him over. And I was like, dude, this fight, this is a fucking fight. They're struggling for everything. It's really cool.
0: Yeah. Um, Jay hit hit two regal plexes in this match that both Oh, they were both nasty. Yeah, I love the regal plex. I do, too. Um, so now we're, we're getting into, you know uh, 40 minutes here on, on pace to be the longest to- Tokyo Dome main event ever um,
2: And I think at the end Jay was really fighting for that cross-armed bloody Sunday and kept not getting it
0: right um, He's trying for that. He's, he's trying for the blade runner uh, Trying to hit some of these big moves uh, Bushi tries for the the Phoenix splash and lands it. He wasn't able to land it um, on night one. He night to move out the way and so it was one, two. Gato pulls Shoes out of the ring, and I was just like, "Oh, come on, man! Like that—that that would have been it. Like Abushi would have won off of that." Um, but he hits. Uh, well, Gato comes in with brass knucks, but he disarms Gato. Hits him with a kamigoye. Um, but then we get through that. White hits Abushi with the Blade Runner, and Abushi kicks out, which was the first time. Anybody ever kicked out the Blade Runner Which was, was a big deal um, They really protected that move Throughout Jay's career
2: Oh my god, was we'll he the first person to kick out of the Blade Runner? Yeah I didn't think
0: of that I, I said that when we were watching
2: Bro, I didn't think <laughs> of that I, I don't know why I wasn't paying attention when you said that But now that, like yeah, 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 you're right.
0: And people have put, like, their foot on the ropes. I think Okada might have guy got his hand on the ropes,
2: but there's not... No never, one has ever a kicked physical... out of the fucking... Right, oh, my God. I don't know... And you know what's funny? It was, like, I was thinking recently about... I don't know why, but I was thinking of the preview show that we did um, when we were doing the preview for the Madison Square Garden show. We talked about, like, what would happen if Okada got hit with that, that, uh, you know... What's it called the switch? blade runner the blade runner and I was like You know could he kick out of it and Like we were freaking out at the time thinking about The prospect of that And now like looking Back it's you know way later Yeah nobody's kicked out of that that's Huge
0: yeah so big moment There kicks out of the blade runner Goes for a second One he gets uh, Eventually gets him in the ito Of the abushi tap out which is the move he used throughout This match as well that's a,
2: yeah that's like A really it's like a knee bar but then it's also Like uh, you know it's like a Figure four, but like reverse, it's pretty cool,
0: yeah. So now we're, we're getting to you know, beating the, the main event time of Okada Omega from uh, Wrestle Kingdom 11. Um, uh, he hits, he finally hits the, the Blaze Sunday, uh, GT
2: and he nailed him with it, yeah. Uh,
0: but then Ibushi decks white for knee, uh, and then he counters uh, again with uh. Kamagoye? Yeah.
2: And I think he had the knee pad down at this point too.
0: Yeah, so he hits the Kamagoye. Uh and well, yeah, from there. Um hold on, let me see. I'm messing up the notes here. Yeah, he hits, he hits a second Kamagoye. Yeah, to get the win here.
2: Amazing. He
0: hit the, I think he hit the V trigger first. Yeah, he hit the V trigger. Yeah, he hit
2: a V trigger and then he hit him with the Kamagoye with yeah. the knee pad down. Yeah. And put him away. One, two, three, and uh, Really awesome post-match where both guys are just spent. You know, you got the Young Lions out there. You know, they got the ice packs and everything. They're trying to revive them, And then
0: you... Ca- oh, you know what it was? I'm sorry. He hit the Kamigoi to the back of the head. Oh, my God. Yeah. First. Why?
2: What's wrong with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he hit him with the reverse Kamigoi, which yeah. he's never done before.
0: Right, which was dope. Then the regular Kamigoi. That's what it was.
2: Amazing. Um. Yeah, that was fucking amazing. And then... Like I was saying, both guys are down and suddenly there's this moment where they're like both spent and they're like next to each other. And it's almost kind of reminiscent to like when AJ Styles and Nakamura were on their knees next to each other and they do the fist bump. Mm -hmm. And you kind of get the feeling like maybe something like that's going to happen. But instead, Jay White like like lightly is trying to hit this man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then you realize like, Oh, he's fucking out and he's still going at the guy and he doesn't realize he lost. Like he's unconscious. And, um, that was really, really, really cool. Like, and then they had to like, let him know, like you lost. And then he gets rolled out of the ring and he's gone. And then you finally have, you know, quote unquote, Kame, (laughs) Kame God, fucking Ibushi with the double gold. And he's like rejoicing. And then suddenly like, you know suit clad sonata walks out and you know issues a challenge
0: Yeah challenges abushi abushi accepts um, You know saying he's more powerful than ever than when he beats Sonata in the g1. That's not what he said He said I beat your ass
2: in the g1. You don't <laughs> deserve a shot bitch <laughs> I, I I translated it. That's how he said it Well,
0: I I, I don't think that was the, the actual uh, <laughs> the Translation there <laughs> But uh, yeah, so Abushi accepts. Says he doesn't know when it'll be. Uh, things are up in the air, but that that match will happen in the future. And yeah, we get we get the the handshake celebration. Abushi, like we predicted, which was the right move. Um, is the guy leaves both nights with double titles. Yep, um, and he he's the face of the company for this year.
2: So. Back to back, fucking G ones. Back-to-back nights in the Tokyo Dome, no one is ever going to do what he did on that night. Ever again. Like, that's historic. It's pretty awesome.
0: Yep. And so, obviously, up next, we've got New Year's Dash tomorrow from Tokyo Dome City Hall. Um, obviously, that'll be a mystery card. And then, after that, obviously, no Fantastica Mania this year. We're jumping right into the road's new beginning, January 17th. Maybe well depending on how the covid
2: we might be I mean they have a lot of protocols in place already for if they need to run empty arenas uh, They they were like ready to still do Wrestle Kingdom with an empty arena if need be if they got shut down Right, but the other thing too is like if they do end up having to run empty arena What building are they gonna do they have buildings ready to go? Or are they like, you know, it's so everything's so uncertain um Would it even be good for them from a financial standpoint to even run empty arena right now? You know what I mean? So there's a lot of like big questions, but I I think New Year's Dash is going to run this morning coming up, you know, no matter what.
0: Yeah, by the time you guys are listening to this, either you're listening to it before Dash or on Wednesday when Dash has already happened or is happening um,
2: well, we're probably gonna get it released this early I guess. Yeah,
0: as soon as we're done recording I'm gonna um, upload this out So this will be, you should be listening to this late it's Tuesday like a, a little treat Afternoon into your Wednesday morning um, So yeah, so that that's up on the horizon Some kind of post-match notes In the press conference
2: Oh, this, so this is a big deal um, So we have not uh, Full, like uh, I don't know what the word is Disclosure, we haven't Watched and listen to all of the post match comments. But we saw the news about Jay White's comments. So we definitely, before we start recording this, went and listened. And this man cut an all-time promo. You know what's funny? Jay White does not get the fucking credit for the promo that he, it's for my money, he is the best promo in New Japan. Yeah. And he has been for a couple well, years. I mean, now.
0: for English speaking, yes.
2: I mean, from what I can see from the translations, he's the, he's the best guy. <laughs> um, and bro, he cut like an all-time promo, and it was incredible. And he's claiming, quote unquote, he's got eight more days left. He didn't say on his contract. He just said he's got.
0: He, well, he, he said I'm contractually obligated, yeah, or whatever. to be at New Year's Day. So dad. he's
2: like alluding to the idea that he's done with the company. And he he talked about how uh, a few a few things we heard him say. He's closer to death right now than he's ever been. So he's like really putting over the match. He talked about how he never wants to feel this way again, how the past two years he has thought that this was going to be his destiny to become the double champion in the dome. Everything, you know, he talked about the sacrifices he made, not seeing his family, the dreams he gave up, basically committing himself to the sport, everything that he's done. And he gets no respect for it. And how like, you know, after everything that he's dedicated, after all the self-belief he's had, maybe at the end of the day, he was wrong. Maybe this wasn't his destiny. And, may, and and then he talked about how, like, do you like to hear that? You like to hear him say that he is wrong? And he talked about, like, why is he doing this? Like, he's not doing it for my benefit. He's not doing it for your benefit, Jeremy. He's not doing it for any of our benefit. Um, you know, he was doing it for himself. And if, and, if, and if he can't get it done for himself, then he doesn't need to be doing it at all. Right And he's like I guess I'll show up tomorrow Because I have to But after that Like I'm done I'm done with New Japan And I was like At first I heard that I was like What the fuck Because we've seen people leave Around Well I think
0: that's what he's playing on Because normally fans are like Yeah you know Normally you know Contracts end January 6th And people are leaving After Dash So I think he's playing On that whole like People know that people Leave after Dash
2: Well you know, there's also some, uh, it, it's very smart. There's another thing, too. He doesn't live in Japan. Mm-hmm. T- to the best of my knowledge, right? Was he was he one of the guys that got a residency? I, a residence there? I don't know. I mean, maybe he, he's pretty private, so maybe he Maybe he did. But I thought he lived in Florida. Yeah. I thought he had a home in New Zealand. I kind of thought that that was his deal. And let's just suppose that that's the case. If they're going into shutdowns, he might need to leave. So maybe this is part of the story of what needs to happen. Um, Also, it reminds me of when Kenny Omega first was going to quote unquote leave, you know, he
0: did that a few months break or whatever.
2: You know, the bullet club storyline could probably really benefit from the idea that Jay White needs to take some time off and leave and then evil and evil. And so there's a lot of ways that this could be like, maybe this was all pre planned. Maybe it's not. Maybe they're, they're rolling with the punches and doing the best they can given the circumstances. I don't really know. Right. I, the one thing I do know Jay White's not fucking leaving. Like, right. Jay White's not showing up in a no Royal Rumble. <laughs> not
0: He's gonna, not showing up on Dynamite.
2: Yeah. You're not going to see him showing up in Miami in February. Like, that's just not happening. But it's cool t- to have a storyline where maybe that could happen, you know? Right. And
0: that's what they're like. Cause he said maybe my time would be better spent somewhere else. Elsewhere. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And it makes you think, like, uh, you know, I remember when Kenny, like, after he uh, lost to Okada the first time and they were, like, really playing that up, like, is he leaving? Right. And he, he like, went on a, like, little press tour and he talked about, like, wanting to wrestle AJ in, in WrestleMania and, like, showing up in the Rumble and everyone's like, oh, my God, you know, and it really boosted New Japan and I think that's what's happening here.
0: Yeah, I think that. Yeah.
2: But the promo, if you haven't listened to it, uh, you got to listen to the promo, like, and then at one point he, like... Just laid down on the ground. Like, he was in rare form. It was fucking awesome. It was awesome. awesome. It's like, would well, somebody help me up? Please. <laughs> he's, he's, like, he's like, you see a man who gave everything and you have no empathy for him. He, like, I was like, oh, that's so good, bro. Yeah. Like, it's so good. But
0: I could definitely see, like, him gone and then Evil, like, gets full control of the bull Club and he comes back. And thinking that all those guys will be loyal to him And then now they're all loyal to evil And
2: I hadn't thought of what you mentioned When you were like well there might be a new top spot For a heel but with the rise of Will Ospreay I mean I mean, who are the top heels In this company I mean Jay White Had been the top heel and now With yeah. the rise of evil and now the rise of Will Ospreay It kind of puts that spot in question
0: Right and so with and I think Jay taking some time off would be good For Ospreay to kind of step into that that Spot
2: um, It would it, probably be good I know that Jay had time off this year because of the pandemic. Um, So there is that argument, but then there's also the sense of like, sometimes he's never taken a self-imposed break the entire time he's been with the company. Sometimes people's characters need that. You know what I mean? Right. It's one thing if everyone's gone at the same time and then they all come back at the same time. That's kind of what happened to Jay. It's different if everyone is back and he's the one guy that's gone for a little bit. You know, right. two, three months, whatever it might be. And then and then when he comes back, you know, whatever. You plug him in however you want to do it. There's a lot of different options and stories you could tell there. I mean, that could it be the catalyst for a face turn? Possibly. Could it be a catalyst for a quasi face turn a la Naito? You know what right. I mean?
0: I feel with Jay's character, it has to start off being quasi tweener. I, I think it'd be very hard for him to just come back and be like, "All right, I love the fans. I'm a good guy. Everybody should support me now."
2: <laughs> yeah, but you know that that every time I hear him on the mic, I really do believe in that guy and and um, support him. But like this is the one time where I was like belt him up, <laughs> and it, that's a crazy thought because like I'm so in favor of them like finally having put the belt on Ibushi. and then and it you know what like. It's also funny because like you think about like remember when Hogan lost a warrior and like the way he got the shine back on himself was like to grab the belt and present it and then walk down the aisle and have everyone looking at him, you know, while Mm -hmm. he was like sort of like looking back saying his goodbye. There's a little bit of that here, you know, he just ate this huge fucking loss. I mean, it's a funny story because this guy cheated to get the briefcase. (laughs) He, you know set himself up to be on the second night when he was the fresher of the two guys and he's still fucking lost, you know? Um, so it's smart that he's like kind of cutting this really incredible promo to like sort of take a little bit away from like all the like grand, you know, exuberance about Abushi winning and kind of put it up back on himself because this is something we used to do in sales. It's called a takeaway, you know? Someone's telling you they don't want what you have to offer them and you go, oh, well, guess what? you can't have it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking it. I'm taking the offer away. And then they're like, whoa, 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 you can't take it away. Yes, I can. I'm taking it away. I'm going to walk away with it. And they're like, well, how do do I get it? You know, like that's kind of the deal here. It's like, you know, he's not, we were just rejoicing 10 minutes before that. He's not the champion. And then he goes, Fuck y'all, I'm leaving. And we're like, whoa, 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 whoa wait, whoa, whoa, What wait, do wait. you mean you're leaving? J, JJ, JJ, J, hold on, hold on, hold on. Slow, hold slow. On, J, hold on, Jay, hold on, Jay. Bro, it's awesome. Yeah. It's smart.
0: Yeah. Also, another thing uh, we've got to mention, Jay was wearing the gear that he beat Okada.
2: He was wearing the white gear, and he hasn't worn that in a while. You know, one thing we'd be remiss if we didn't mention how much of a geek Naito was. This man... Did not have to fucking wrestle Kota Ibushi. And then he was like, you know what? I'll give you a title shot January 4th out of the charity of my heart. And then he fucking loses. <laughs>
0: yeah. Gave that man <laughs> a, a make-a-wish title shot.
2: <laughs> a, a make-a-wish title shot. That's funny. Yeah, it's like,
0: here's your here's your chance, little buddy. Here you go, kid. <laughs>
2: go get him. Yeah. Oh, my God. Eat so that Kamagoya. Yeah. Eat this. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I think, like, they probably could tell a movie where it starts with, like, Naito, and he's, like, he's, like, got his hands both, like, held by, like, Ibushi, and then he looks up, and the knee's coming right at his face, and then they pause, and he's, like, you're probably wondering how I got here. (laughs) Let me start from the beginning, and then it goes all the way back to, like, you know, 2013. I am the Shuyaku.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, man, that's that's it. Wrestle- that,
2: that is Wrestle Kingdom. And, bro, it felt like Wrestle Kingdom. We had a plethora of stars. Everybody, you know, was here. Incredible matches. I mean, incredible matches on both nights. Um, for me, the only real match, you mentioned multiple match of the year contenders. For me, the only real match of the year contender, personally, was the main event of night two. But I think I liked night one better, which is no surprise, mm-hmm. given the lineup and given who was involved. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for New Year's Dash. It's been a while since I've been truly, actually excited for another show. When it comes to New Japan,
0: yeah, I'm curious to see the different angles that might happen, promos, what they're what they're building towards.
2: Do you now that we're in the fallout? I mean, do we have? Do you have anything that you'd like to talk about leading into New Year's Dash? I mean, the deal with obviously with the show, it's uh, we don't find out what the actual show is going to be until.
0: Mystery Vortex. Yeah, it's like
2: it's New Japan's Mystery Vortex. So we don't know what it's going to be till bell times, you know, tomorrow, basically. It's going to be a week from now that we're actually reviewing it. So uh, anything that, I mean, I think the big story is the Empire.
0: Yeah, what happens next with the Empire? Obviously, we, we see they're setting up Ibushi and Sonata. So I'm, I'm guessing we're going to get uh, Hontai versus Lij in the main event. Um,. Yeah, who the Empire goes after next. You think
2: Hauntai L.I.J. is the main event? I kind of think it's going to be Chaos six-man tag team titles in the main event.
0: I think that might be a match. I don't know if that's going to be the main event.
2: It might not be, but uh, we've seen it on numerous occasions where they do that. Um, could that be the, the thing? Could it be Empire versus Chaos, Empire wins, and that sort of sets off potentially... At the end of the match, they do an angle where it continues the Empire Chaos feud. Mm, you know, yeah, like they're beating those guys down, and then maybe some of the guys from Chaos come out and Okada and like whoever get runs. involved yeah. or whatever. That's a possibility. We we typically do tend to see some sort of big, I mean, like attacks. I mean, we don't we've had a lot of new titles crowned, and we don't have anyone like set up. We don't have anyone set up for Shingo. We don't have anyone set up for. The, the one thing we had with Sonata and Abushi uh, is like the one big match we have You know coming out of Wrestle Kingdom
0: Yeah and you know let's say the Schedule stays the way it is regardless if it's an Empty arena or not we still we have some New beginning shows that are coming up we have Castle attack coming up so there's a lot of big Shows coming up that will need Title matches um so yeah So they, they gotta establish some challengers Somebody for Hiromu somebody For Chingo um somebody For G.O.D. right um so, yeah, so there's a lot there's a lot to set up here
2: yeah I th- uh, last year we didn't have a lot of surprises I got a feeling this year will be different because it just feels fresher like we right. have less leading into the next set of shows
0: yeah because there's no fantastica mania this year so there's, there's no break so we're, we're, there is no break yeah we're hopping right into road a new beginning after New Year's Dash so you you have to get angles set up now
2: the one thing we probably won't see is too much of like we've seen in the past big shifts in uh groups oh one thing you could be on the lookout for hypothetically bullet club with jay white we've seen in the past when like you know remember when aj was leaving
0: they jumped him they
2: jumped him (laughs) getting jumped out of bullet club is a is a common reoccurrence if you were trying to find a way to do Jay and evil, and not do a quote unquote civil war like they did before. Maybe the maybe the, there was never a plan to do a civil war. Maybe the plan was always to get Jay out. Jay out, and this is how you get Jay out. You you beat his ass on the way out.
0: Right, like maybe you use some kind of bull club multi man. He's there because he's contractually obligated to be there. Then after they lose after the match, they're all in the ring. He's thinking they're gonna want to say goodbye to him. They're gonna do you know a big group. Too sweet and they're just gonna jump his ass
2: Yeah and that the other funny thing with that too Is like you know I always kind of thought evil Was gonna beat Sonata So that there'd be that like Split between like evil won His big match but you know Jay didn't Mm -hmm. they didn't do that So that does kind of Lend its hand to A potential civil war because no one Really is established as the alpha there But I mean the fact that this man's talking about walking away, you can't just. I mean, this shit's for life. For life. You, you don't you, you don't leave until,
0: unless we make you leave. Yeah, we're gonna
2: make you leave. So I mean, he could get his ass beat out, and then that's the catalyst for his return. And then if you did want to do, you know, him being a badass comeback, whatever, that's right. a way. So
0: then he can come back, still not be like a you know, smiley bay face. He can be like a more like a badass bay face.
2: I And people listening like you know A week from now you know you're, you're probably Going to be listening on the same day that this shit happened so You know you could tell us how wrong we are but we're just Kind of spitballing here because yeah, anything could happen
0: Anything could happen we're just throwing us out here Obviously
2: there's always the you know the big Rumors about um Suzuki Suzuki Goon and what's going to go on with that Group but um, I don't think I don't think we're going to see any like new Established groups because we got Empire Recently but there's always the possibility of, like, an Empire Jr. joining. Robbie Eagles Robbie was Eagles. Uh,
0: missing from both Knights of Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I'm not sure if he went back to New Zealand, or could he just be hiding out because he's going to do a big angle on
2: Dash. That's what I was wondering, too. That's a possibility.
0: I mean, I'm not sure what the status on Yo is. Uh, and it seems like he's been out forever. Yo, uh, hey. Yeah, so <laughs> you, you could have a, a Yo reemergence and him. Turning him join the empire turning on show uh, Or the them just back together maybe do a 3k against Suzuki Again um, Yeah, there's just yeah lots lot of stuff that could happen
2: There's a lot man. Well, we are at two hours 33 minutes. We don't have any news here Uh, I guess we should before we close, talk about the recommended match of the week, real quick.
0: Yep. So, last week's recommended match of the week was the hair versus hair, no seconds match. Hiroki Goto versus Minoru Suzuki for the never open weight title. Uh, I love this match. I, I had not watched this match since the first time I had watched it. And, dude, Suzuki. It really,
2: it really holds up.
0: Yeah, so violent, dude. Suzuki was just beating Goto's ass the whole match. Anytime Goto tried to make a comeback, Zuki was like, nah, hold this forearm, hold this, you know, headbutt. I'm gonna I'm gonna choke you out, kid. And like, Zuki was just destroying Goto this whole match.
2: I yeah, this match was so violent. I really, really, really love it. Um I forgot how great this match was. And uh yeah, it just really, really holds up. Um Suzuki. There was just one moment. There's a lot of great moments, but there's one moment where he's just slapping the shit out of Goto. Pop, 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 and it just like the combo goes on forever. And I was like, "Oh my god, he's gonna kill this guy!" Um, I I would not want to be on the, you know, the the receiving end of those fucking palm strikes.
0: Yeah, and then they' also the, the hangman choking spot. Oh, the other spot. Well, that's. That's
2: a big one. In the beginning, he chokes out. I forgot
0: that was towards the beginning. I thought it was towards the end. I, no, no, no.
2: I've always, it's in the very, very, very beginning of the match. Yeah. And then, later on, when Goto finally starts getting his like wits about him, and he starts coming back, all of Suzuki-gun runs out. Right. And it's like, nowadays, people joke about how Suzuki-gun never interferes, but you... you Watching this match, reminds me, it's like, oh, yeah, they used to interfere all, all the, the time, time. yeah. In every match. Like, it was a big deal. that was the whole
0: thing of no seconds. That was a big deal. Because, yeah, no chaos on Suzuki-gun.
2: Yeah, and then you got all the young lions out there stopping all the uh, Suzuki-gun geeks from getting in, which was mad funny, and Goto, and uh, making, you know... But Taichi
0: slipped in, but Yoshihashi made a save for yep, him. Yep, yep,
2: yep. And uh, at the end of it, when he finally, like, puts uh, Suzuki away, and Suzuki... You know, the, the, all all his seconds are carrying him out, making him not live up to the hair versus hair stip. and then he pushed them all aside, throws everyone, grabs his chair, walks in and shaves his head and then walks out. Like, it's a, it's a really classic moment. Like, this match is awesome.
0: Yeah, so that is the recommended match of the week. Um, I think I, it was your week, man. It was. Dude, it's, we've had like we've three, had so many three guests. guests.
2: Yeah, but I think like you were the last guy. You don't have to. You, you want to skip to next week? You don't got to do it.
0: Yeah, there's a lot. Watch Wrestle Kingdom. That's (laughs) I know a lot of people had to work Monday.
2: When Jeremy says watch Wrestle Kingdom, he doesn't mean this this year. He means his match recommendation is Wrestle Kingdom One.
0: (laughs) No, (laughs) Uh, I know a lot of people work um, Monday and Tuesday, Uh, so catch up on Wrestle Kingdom. That that's your your recommendation. Catch up on Wrestle Kingdom. Also, check out a lot of great stuff that's dropped on our network the last couple days. Uh, Rich and James, they've done their traditional year-end review show So they did a WWE NXT with Imp on that same episode There's an AEW year interview review with uh, Doc Chad Matthews Then there is a uh, New Japan and Stardom one I was on the New Japan one um, Not sure who they pulled in uh, for the Stardom How one How long did
2: you guys re- record for?
0: Uh, like two hours
2: Oh, okay, gotcha
0: um, and then so like well that that whole episode was like four hours because it's the New Japan part and the Stardom part.
2: Well, because you guys asked me to record and I couldn't record that day. And I but the way you said it just now, I thought it was like all one big. I was like, oh, it was like twenty minutes. I could have done it. no two hours. I couldn't. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, so yeah, those two so those two uh, year interview episodes I've dropped, check that out. We were on Ricky and Clive on their December Madness. Uh, the last two weeks of that, you can go back on the feeds, check that out. Those are some fun episodes. Um, also, I was on All Things Elite this past weekend, filling in for Floyd, who's been under the weather. Um, so I did that. Check that out. We had our uh, review of the Big Brody Lee uh, Memorial episode of Dynamite. You Bro, can e-
2: even like a few weeks ago, we did the FOH Draft. I don't think we even really promoted it too much on right, the show, right? But, but the
0: numbers have been great for it. The our Christmas special, the FOH Draft. You can check that out on the network feed as well, featuring me, Josh, Rich, and James. Uh, You know have some drinks And just you know burying all of the bad stuff In wrestling from uh, 2020 Check that out Uh, Check out the Voices of Wrestling Year in ebook Number one best seller Wrestling book ahead of the Young Bucks So you can go (laughs) ahead and check that out On Amazon or PayHip Um, All the contributors get a little bit of Kickback so guys like me um, And Chris Samson who did way more for the book than I did Are all going to get a a little kickback From that yeah, so check that out. Have a great comment there about uh the the Never Division in 2020 being the year Never and looking like 2021 is going to be another great year for Never as well.
2: And here's another thing, guys. There's a lot of you right now that are listening if you made it to this far in in the show great. But this is one of our biggest shows of the year and it's right rightfully so. It's Wrestle Kingdom and many of you have maybe never heard of us or never listened to us before and if you, if this is your first time uh jumping aboard, you know, Thank you so much, and congratulations, because you get to hear the Ace of Podcasts.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, do us a big favor, though. Make sure you're subscribing. You can subscribe to the Social Soup Podcast Network or to the Keeping a Strong Style Individual feed. Uh, upvote us. Leave us comments on Reddit. Tweet us. Uh, give us your feedback on the show.
2: If you've done nothing for us all year, all, all you uh, freeloaders are getting this shit for free. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, if, if you're listening and, you know, if, if, if you really could go out and give us a shout out, give us a rating, please give us a review. Um, You know, it really helps us in a, in a major way. Uh, We've recently been able to get advertising, you know, uh, you know, revenue coming into the show. And the more you guys uh, kind of do those things for us, it's going to put more money in the show. Me mean, Jeremy, we don't take that money. We don't, Go and blow it at Target. We don't buy gifts with it. Like, all all those dollars pretty much go back into the show so we can create content. This is a passion project for us. And, you know, if you're listening, you probably know, like, this show is, we're legit, we know what the fuck is up <laughs> This is the Ace of Podcast We wanna keep giving it to you A lot of people don't know about us, you know A lot of people know about some other shows, they don't know about this shit This shit's the realness well, but We've been
0: breaking through year after year And, and we're gonna
2: keep giving it to you, X gonna give it to you. <laughs> gonna it
0: to you. <laughs> Kiss gonna give it to you. Yeah, that's why we're the longest running, weekly, episodic <laughs> New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast, baby And we ain't going nowhere
2: Yeah, this shit's 4444-LIFE
0: Well, that's going to wrap. It might
2: not be for life. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to keep going.
0: It's going to go as long as they possibly can. Uh, So next week we'll be back to review New Year's Dash, any other big news items that come up. I'm sure we'll probably have some stuff to preview for Road to New Beginning. I think we're gonna
2: have a special guest next week, probably. We are. Yeah. Remember when we talked about?
0: Uh, We'll we'll talk about it. I forget now. So yeah, we might have a guest next week. So, oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember remember right now. So, yeah, my special guest next week. It's it's pretty much confirmed. Yeah. So, yeah. So, big stuff popping. Check us out. Make sure you're subscribed. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider making a donation by visiting socialsuitplex.com slash donate. the donate button under the Keeping It Strong style logo. Make sure you connect with us on social media. The show is at KI Strong Style. The network is at Social Suplex. I am at Jeremy L. Donovan on Facebook. We are at Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. You can find us in the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group, Facebook.com slash group slash Wrestling Squared Circle. On Instagram, we are at Social Suplex. On Reddit, I am the Pro Black Guy. Don't just keeping it strong style. You can email me, Jeremy at Social Suplex.com. Make sure you check out all the other shows here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We have One Nation Radio with Rich and James, the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show from Scotland, Grave Consequences with Caleb and Maserati, the 8-Bit Suplex with Josh, number two, and Sandy, All Things Elite with Floyd and Austin, Great Match Generator with Danny and Beast Mike. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review, and we will catch you next week on Keeping a Strong Style, the Ace of Podcasts. Ichiban
2: Thank you for listening to Keepin' It Strong Style. We'll see
0: you next time.